What's the big idea? know what any of those buttons do so no need to press any of them and i just recorded all of you saying <laughs> all of us <laughs> well we are back we are uh, back we are back uh this uh this week on episode number 32 we are here nice. to discuss the power of humility who's number 32 I, I know you always like to think about athletes numbers. i always think of yeah. a goalie well goalies recently because they're usually in the 30s right yeah, or like Shaq, I believe at one point was thirty-two. Really? I believe. Opposite of twenty-three. I think he was thirty-two. Huh. Tell yeah. me to. Yeah, let's let's fact check that. <laughs> I don't want to get canceled. So I think he was with the Orlando Magic, number thirty-two. I'm just being humble. Being humble. Or was he thirty-three? Ooh, he was thirty-two with the Orlando Magic. That's what I thought. He was thirty-four for uh, LA Lakers, thirty-six with the Celtics, thirty-two for Miami Heat, and thirty-two for the Suns. See, that's pretty interesting that he t- had a lot of different numbers. Maybe that's a sign of humility. Hmm. It might bring right? it, bringing it back, or just not being superstitious. Yeah. Is humility connected to superstition? I think there is. I think there is a little bit because then you feel like that's your number, and yeah, anybody else who has it, yeah, is a, like is a little bit of not humility. You know, when athletes do that, sometimes they have a number. It's also like real confidence in that it doesn't matter what your number exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. He's also thirty-three. Yeah, Even I thought so Cavaliers. too. Yeah, I remember him in thirty-three too. You played Cavalier. Yeah, it's kind of weird when you look back at Shaquille O'Neal's career. You don't realize how many places he played. Yeah, the, yeah, he's really uh, ended Holy up playing more. a lot of different places. You think of just the Lakers and uh, the Orlando Magic for the most part, but then the rest of it was kind of the tail end, a lot of moving around. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ruining the opening, Eric. No, just kidding. Uh, so the power of humility. Today we're going to talk about uh, obviously coaches, parents, uh, and players, and, uh, and life, mm. right? Because humility is one of those things that it's so difficult. I think some people don't even know what... Uh, constitutes humility. A lot of people just think humility is like hu- being humble, uh, but it, it lack of humility shows up in a lot of different ways. Would you say? Yeah, like that last category in life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could probably go on for a long time. It. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It. We went through a, a bunch of tangents earlier. I don't know. I'm kind of mm-hmm. ruining it now. Yeah. Well, we talked about this uh, too much before off camera. Yeah. Now. And now we have nothing to say. Uh, so, we'll see you next week, folks. No. Uh, I think I think humility is. So let's what let's what would you define humility as, Eric? What do you think? Oh well, the Oxford Dictionary defines. No, it no, as Eric. You. <laughs> a modest or low view of one's own importance. Okay. So, do you agree with that? Do you concur? With that. Um, I, so the, my definition, I looked it up cause I just wanted to make sure that my <laughs> definition was actually, <laughs> this is Eric somewhat close Eric, to. So Eric's so humble. Eric's humble. That's why he looked it up. Ah, and right. I am not humble. <laughs> I'm old. So I, I know I have, I think I have a better sense of it, mm. uh, of what it means to be humble. Yeah. I think the, I, I think I define it as not thinking too big of yourself. Like, always being uh in a way like open to learn something um being able to receive that you might be able to receive a lesson in something um yeah humble maybe giving out letting others take the opportunity to take a lead 
on something. I kind of like thinking of it like that as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's bang on. I think one of the things, um, for sure, humility, it, it makes you more open to things too, right? If you're someone who's, uh, not humble, then you tend to think, you know, it all. Yeah. And this is the difference between arrogance and humility. Cause like it's a lot of people, like we talked about this too. The tricky part is that if you're great at something, like you know, we talked about Shaquille O'Neal or uh, Michael Jordan or Karch Kirai or you know some of the great volleyball players in the world today right now, uh, if they are arrogant, then there's a ceiling, right? Because there comes a point where everybody has something to learn from someone who's done more and the arrogant ones don't open themselves up to learning, but they might be super confident. So like uh, you've seen humble people who are very confident because they know... They know who they are in relation to other people, uh, but they still know that there's a whole bunch of people above them, right? That's the difference. Whereas when I like when I remember playing against players, and if they were um, arrogant, then they would uh, often fail in uh, crunch time, versus people who yeah. were who were humble. <laughs> and also they wouldn't they wouldn't um, respect opponents, right? Because they they don't care, or they wouldn't respect people who have come before them. I think this is like, you know, anybody who watches pro sports, if you're not, you know, the athletes we like have a reverence for history and the athletes we don't like think they're the greatest now. I mean, I, you know, the, the common one now, the big one right now is like LeBron versus Michael Jordan. And a lot of the things that people don't like is that LeBron is saying things like, I, I think I'm the greatest player of all time. Whereas Jordan has always said he thinks it's crazy to label the greatest of all time because he has players that he wouldn't be he wouldn't even even be a thing mm. if if he never grew up watching these greats and he ne- he said I never played against Jerry West I never played against uh some of his heroes growing up Jerry West was one of them right and so he says uh I I w- I would never call myself the greatest ever even though even though Jordan seems so arrogant to people yeah yeah but he's not arrogant he's confident and it's it's funny cuz you know what's funny about you can't be as hard working as someone like Michael Jordan and be arrogant. Do you know what I mean? Because and, and Kobe, yeah. was, Kobe was like this too, right? A lot of opponents might say they were arrogant, but if you are arrogant, then you wouldn't be working that hard. Because working hard is rooted in insecurity, right? Like I, I've had this, yeah. In, especially yeah. when I was getting older and still playing competitively. Insecurity meaning you're doubting your own capability. Yeah, and you're worried and you're yes. nervous about it. Yes, and and this is why high level athletes are still susceptible to um, failure. Because saw, like, like mental, mental failure because yeah. they, they, the confidence, if their confidence is down, they, uh, they fail quite a bit. Were you telling me, uh, a year ago or so, like there was an inter- interesting interview with Crosby, you know, like NHL and he was just talking about how, like what drives him like that. He's just a phenomenal athlete and how he's always tried so hard is because he's been so nervous every year, like just on like letting his team down or not being fast enough, not being strong enough and so the pressure that he would create in his own mind i mean that's kind of what drove him to like keep keep going and like there's i mean i don't know i don't actually follow crosby specifically or or hockey specifically well enough but uh seems like quite a humble player yeah i don't know for sure but um i didn't know that about lebron either that he's actually stated that he is the greatest of all time because that's that's kind of interesting like because what need is that feeling for him? Why does he have, why does he feel like he needs to say that? Right. Because, Mm. and it's probably because he's comparing himself to someone like Jordan. He's trying to 
you know, there's there's doubt or he has he feels like he needs to prove it. And, and so why, right? And then yeah. you have the, conversely, Jordan said the opposite, you know, like, I don't want to put a label on myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, I mean, not to be anti-LeBron, I mean, LeBron is also hardworking and does a lot of things, but motive and intention is everything and why we do what we do matters too, right? So if you're, if you're chasing a number or a stat that's individual, which a lot of people accuse LeBron, I'm not saying that's what he's doing, So, but if right. you, then that's rooted in... Because yeah, LeBron is amazing, like he is, Yeah, I don't know, like if you... If, I don't know if there's a way to ever measure this because like on like stat wise, like LeBron's numbers are through the roof. Right. So yeah. The, they? The, yeah. They're rooted. Yeah. But again, so there's a whole debate, but I mean, so is, a, anybody yeah. who watched them both, it's not even close. There's a, there's, there's a guy who is the best player maybe of the past 50 years. And I'm sure the previous generation, the, the thing about Jordan is that all the players who watched and played, right at the highest of levels even the players who played 50 60 years before jordan were like this guy is the best we've ever seen versus uh so if you watch them both i mean i'll just break it down for you right now like lebron is great lebron is i think the epitome of what science can do and knowledge i was just gonna say that statistics yeah no no so let me finish so like he he is the research guy right he's the team he's the product of all this amazing product of knowledge and uh he so he's had longevity he's played 20 years right jordan played what 13 years something like that uh so but if you put either of them in their prime, so as someone who's watched both in their prime, and I know there's the bias of my childhood years and Jordan, you know, was when I was a kid, you're going to yeah, revere yeah, your childhood yeah. heroes more. But just watching LeBron as an ath- as a fellow athlete and watching Jordan as an athlete, there's like clutch takeover when I need to. Yeah. And make a mediocre team great yeah. versus, you know, being potentially the reason why a great team loses, right? Like a... And Jordan also like the the key test for me was like and I, I, it's so weird in these history debates with sports, but we're gonna lose so many listeners now. We're losing listeners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we're being authentic. Um, <laughs> no, but I, what I mean is like you know when you have an athlete who is so I guess to boil it down to bring it back to volleyball is when you have a person who is uh, and I know coaches like this too who are high level great coaches. They're very confident in their abilities. But they're very humble and calm and open to listening to what even people they disagree with uh, have to say about topics. And again, mm-hmm. what's the key question they ask? Uh, why? Why? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, no, that is, that's how it needs to start. So even like we talked about this in our last episode about parents who disagree with coaches, a, a good thing to discuss if you are, or hopefully your, your players is asking, but if you're in a position where you're asking, just a polite, so what, what's the philosophy? Mm. I've had parents ask me that. I explain it and they mm. go, oh, great. As usual, right? 90% of conflict is lack of communication. So, um, but yeah, so there, there, so we just want to clarify off the top. So humility can look confident, by the way. It just, once it, once it crosses over into I'm not listening and once it crosses over into I know better or this is why because or something like that, then it's arrogance. And if, if it's belittling, that's not, humility that's not real confidence right yeah if it's yeah exactly that's yeah then it's crossing into arrogance now do you think there's a difference in in those athletes that you've that you've listed um in the the phase of their sporting career that they were in like on the way to becoming pro like um and then different once they are like on the national team or in the pro leagues and 
you know, like was Jordan the way he was on the Bulls, the way he was at the tire? Well, no, he wasn't because he. We all know that he wasn't even getting played, or he got cut the first time, and then that's what kind of where where in high school he got cut. Uh, in, oh, sorry, high school guy, <laughs> and then he was on North Carolina Tar. He was a Tar Heel. Yes. Yep. Um, right. So I guess in high school, that's where the whole trigger started to get him extraordinarily motivated. But like, so yeah, that's my question. Was he the, the way he was in the NBA, the way he was at the, at North Carolina? Like, no. So historically, I mean, do we want to make this a Jordan show? I don't know if we want to make this a Jordan maybe show. Maybe just wrap it up <laughs> off of it quickly. But, no, but, but, but my question was, like, like, is he, is, de- did he is, develop? Did he develop into the confident? Yeah. Like this, the, this confident persona that can get mixed up with arrogance. Mm. Is that like, is that different once they are a professional? Like, can it be different once they are a pro and established, right? And then compared to when they're in their developing time on the way to yeah. that. I think that you know if, I mean? if you, so I've seen and, and heard. So if you ask someone uh, who was playing on the varsity program with Michael Jordan, you know, they never would have thought that that guy would have been this guy in the NBA. Right. So, that, so that, that's a sign. And that's a good point too, because we're talking about, you know, patience in this sort of show. Like if you ask the guy who cut Michael Jordan from his high school team, the coach, if you ask Michael Jordan himself, if you ask teammates in college, the process it took for Michael Jordan to become Michael Jordan, even in the NBA in his first year or two, mm-hmm. he was just considered a flashy guy who'd never win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he had to get his butt kicked, knocked around, yeah, and have the humility to to learn from those losses. By the way, right? That's huge because the guys and girls who don't learn from losses and just blame, he could have just been blaming. So he took the knocks, learned from players who knew more. Like he hung around with Magic, he hung around with Bird. He loved those guys. Yeah, they yeah. were getting it done, and he wasn't right. Kobe did this with Michael. Kobe would call Michael in the middle of the night to ask him advice and questions. This is why Michael Jordan loved Kobe because Kobe was a student of the game, right? And you can't be arrogant and be a student of the game. Amazing. Different teams, friendship. Yeah, and he became like his big brother. Yeah, so he was really upset when Kobe passed away, right? Uh, But that's, see, there's that manifestation there of humility, right? Even someone as great as Kobe and as quote unquote, you know, on the outside, seemingly arrogant yeah. as Kobe. Look at him. He's calling people he middle call- of the night. Yes. And, but Jordan loved that because it showed reverence. Yeah. And it showed that what we talked about before, that openness, willingness to learn. And can you imagine someone that talented? Like, and calling you, who you're all, I guess you don't think of yourself as talented, but then someone that talented calling you, showing how nervous they are, but it's also showing how hard they're willing to work because they're looking for advice and they're going to take what you say and then they're going to keep get back to work and grind. You're like, Kobe's that good. He's calling me for advice and he, and he's going to go back and work harder and come back. I'm going to meet him in the next game and he's mm. going to be that much better. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah. When no you one, said, when you said you don't think of yourself as talented, like, no, no, so no I meant like Jordan when, thinks of themselves like they do think of themselves as talented. Right. Okay. That, that's why they can handle the clutch performance. So it's this fine line, right? There's this, so the, the humble player also has to understand this is what makes greatness right you have to have the right balance of humility with the right balance of i can do mm. any, i can do anything yeah so like in like so in my case so my example so like i i do pretty i've done pretty well in sport and then in business i've done pretty well and i have this this thing too where i think the reason why that the business thing works in my case is that i know that i'm good at 
certain things in business, but I still am addicted to shows like Shark Tank and Dragon's Den. Mm. And I'm learning like that's and you know I read business books and I read and I reject a lot. Like I have the confidence to say, oh, this person's a fraud because they're not they haven't done enough in that arena, right? Like they yeah. might be an expert in one thing, but they're not an expert in this. But anybody who's done more than me, I will listen to intently, right? Mm. And even if I disagree with them philosophically, I can still say, okay, well, you know, they've they, still they, done this. Yeah, they've still done this, and I, I can. There's always something to learn from everybody. I shouldn't say they've done more. There's even people done less than you. Yeah. yeah. If there's, but if they have the right mindset and the right, like I've seen. Actually, it's funny. I was just talking with a young athlete uh, who was trying to go pro couple of days ago and he's been working his ass his butt off mm, <laughs> and uh for years i think you're not you're talking yeah about and so and it's coming along really nicely now for him right and mm. so i was like you know what you've got like and he even asked me a while ago he said hey can you come out and watch uh some cool. of my beach game and, and let me know what you what you think and i was like wow that's really cool you know like a, that's a good sign right mm. and then he um and he's doing it and he's super humble and that's the key right he's he almost feels like he's insecure about making it but I think if you put him on the court against his peers, he's very confident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that's sort of the right. I mean, you have that too. Like you're you're almost a little bit uh, maybe too humble. On I'm the court. definitely like lacking the confidence for sure. I've always kind of been like that through yeah. my. Which if you're gonna if you're gonna err on one side or the other, right? That's probably the better one for life. Uh, but um, hopefully it'll yeah improve. Well, no, I don't think it's a fault either. I don't like it. It's, it just, it, what it is, is just going to send you into different areas that are well, going to prove to be successful for you, right? All right. But I think the, how, for whatever reason, why I was always more on the humble side, less confident, um, had I, had I have like been more balanced there, that's the kind of difference of like being more clutch, I'd say, especially when it comes to your spin serve. Right. Um, cause I've seen players who are more on the confident side and they've, had you know these amazing clutch moments at really important times of a match where they make like a few aces or they make a really good serve and it just puts the other team where they're basically giving you a free ball right Mm -hmm. and i really respected those players um and kind of wished i was able to do it and for whatever reason i'm not but like it doesn't mean i can i can still approve upon that right Mm -hmm. um even though like 35 or whatever but hopefully i can um it'll definitely get better with age I would think so. Sure. And that's it does. The problem. It has, that's probably, yeah. People's Less minds, nerves. people, mind, people's minds like get that mental strength probably after their physical prime. That's the, yeah, it, that's, that's the, the trick. Dichotomy, yeah, that's the, the trick. Or paradox. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to find it in your prime, then that's, those are the players yeah, that, yeah. that get to go places. Yeah. Stand out. Right. So now again, not to stay on the whole Jordan and Kobe thing, but can you imagine if we were able to ask him like of all the times, like, you know, that he's been knocked down or mm-hmm. like rejected or, so like it was like high school and then even in his first year of the nba like several years in the right NBA. so like these are like yeah there's there's failures but they are major knockdowns right yes. and then and then so and the reason i bring this up because i think this is connected to the development of being humble or d- developing humility because it's it's not like you're you're a humble person and then that's just it for life i think it's it's an ongoing process like um well because yeah, even as a kid, I remember playing against some guys who me and my mom used to talk about them, how I think this is a, a young boy thing as well. Like a lot of them would say, oh, I know. I know how to do that. I know. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And probably a young female athlete as well. It's just a teenage thing, most likely. Yeah. Right? It's, a, it's an insecure thing. The, I know. Yeah. I know. I think it's an insecure thing. And then it, it was funny because seeing a lot of these players who would think that they knew everything, they if they 
for whatever reason at that certain age bracket they had talent it kind of made them stand out but then they would kind of fall off like later on because that attitude kind of shuts them off right yep close them off and I, i've seen that there's enough examples of, of, of that happening yeah um, well we, we talked about this too in the remember i told you about the small club near us that had to get their butts kicked by the big city club near us and then mm. but you look at the all the high level athletes who went national team program yeah. came from the small club yeah almost zero from the big club and that's because of the what you're talking about there yeah. was this like we achieved a lot at a young age we don't need to listen anymore. They, yeah, we got lots of gold Those medals. Players here. were always learning. Yeah. Whereas the ones getting their butts kicked had the right humility mixed with. So, like, even for me, when my daughters were playing as a beach team, I would love for them to lose. Yeah. So and they, they, they exactly. were they were sitting there thinking that I was upset that they were um, winning or they were losing, and I said, no, no, no. <laughs> I, lo- is, I love the fact that you're losing because yeah. losing is what will really test who you are. And drive. whereas other kids who are like, you know, they're they're going to hit a certain ceiling, and uh, are you know, you already see you know the players that were valuing the losses passing them uh, in the long run. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's like it's tied with the patience thing we were talking about before yeah. the show too, right? This is tied like even we were saying like that. That what is the perfect season? The perfect season isn't just like going like lossless like it's i think that's the get, worst thing that could happen yeah to a player yeah i think that's really bad well, and, and think of it if you're even like learning a skill and practicing your skill if you want to get all like sciencey about it there's probably a certain a ratio of successful attempts to failures that you want to be on the edge of right and then based on if you're failing too much then maybe reduce the power or try to focus on this and then but if you're succeeding too much then it's like you need to up the bar and you need to either swing harder or now your your accuracy zone goes from like a three-foot target to a two-foot target. Yeah, or, work on different things. You know yeah. what I mean? Your level of success or your, your criteria for success better change. Yeah, like failure is an integral part of growth. Like if we were to look at it mathematically... <laughs> It has we, to be, we right? all yeah we all write down the you know we only learn through our mistakes we all yeah. we all love those posts on social media yeah I'm trying but then when it's when it no no but then when it's our kid or it's us or it's you know a coach we don't <laughs> well, like right. we don't heed yeah. we just want to keep winning and yeah we want we we don't want to make everybody else can make the mistake well I don't really mean it right but this is what what life like you talked about the, the path of Jordan getting <laughs> so kicked around his whole like I saw mm. I saw this right like I was watching him. Um, uh, go! I was a big basketball fan. I was playing basketball. I was, all, I was almost convinced I was going to play varsity basketball. Right? Aren't you too short? I was, I was a point guard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I play taller than I. Am. Uh, but anyway, um, no, I uh, I was going to be a point guard. Uh, you know, phenomenal point guard. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically phenomenal. Yeah, those and, Reeboks uh, back then had like yeah, uh, yeah. the Reebok pump was actually yeah, yeah, pumping yeah. the bottom. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, so I watched Jordan and I watched like in the end, it felt like he was never going to win a championship. And it felt like, oh, and he was he, always on the edge of it. He, yeah. And he was the greatest exciting player. But this is where I also learned like, you know, a lot of people like would criticize people. Like I learned this too, as a player with my basketball coaches, they were like, you know, don't be all flash and no substance. Right. Mm-hmm. And then until Jordan, but Jordan was humble enough to learn the process of mm-hmm. like, I have to make my teammates better. No one person can win. Right. So that's, and then so, but he still maintained the, when I take the need to take over, I'll take over. Uh, So it was, it was just, and then just watching him get beat up by the Pistons, lots of teams just were better than him. Jordan, it didn't look like he was going to get it done. And, uh, Hmm. but I mean, he did it and then he ended up winning at every level, right? When you did win a national championship as a college player, 
he so there is one shot by the way so just in, t- in fairness to this humility discussion or you know apropos to this in volleyball too um there is this one shot that a lot of people think is what made jordan into jordan and it was in in north carolina they were playing georgetown in the national championship jordan was like i think his second year player or something like that and then he had a shot with 14 seconds left wide open jump shot and he drained it and that was the shot that won them the championship over the highly ranked uh, patrick ewing and the and the uh Georgetown. Wow. and so that that moment real like talk about confidence right that moment made him realize that you know he can do this because yeah. he was just a you know a, a decent player and then True. then i think the third year he won the next year he won national player of the year okay and then he uh, declared for i think he he graduated so he went the full time that's the other difference between he and lebron too by the way right yeah Jordan right. spent four full years after high school in post-secondary scoring and working on and learning there yeah um and then um and then he went pro and then got his butt kicked for several years before he won a championship yeah getting getting your butt kicked is a vital stage that most parents coaches and players today want to bypass yeah, you, know, you you gotta you gotta value the getting your butt kicked years, you know. And however that looks, like whether it's losing to other teams, whether it's not being the best on your uh, team, whether it's not making a team, getting benched, you know. The I see so many parents, especially bailing um, on the process of those those hard things, like not getting playing time, or seeing their kid not be an athletic high performer right out of the gate you know and they're caught comparing to other kids and well right you want to be losing but also like not you don't want to be having one of those terrible re- seasons where you're losing just because you're i don't know your team is so to- super toxic or like mm-hmm. you want to actually like have team cohesiveness in practice and like understand what you're doing and like be in the process of of, yeah it's just it's that failure ratio like you're in the process of learning but then your win to loss ratio is like 40 60 or 37 or whatever yeah. you just happen to be losing more than you're winning but that's still that's that's harder to get through but like that might even be better and then maybe it'll shift to 46 i think then. i think that if everybody could zoom out a little bit on the season and what they're watching like so yeah like so my well, kid my kids would always tell me how crappy they you know they're playing like crap right and i would show them the video of it last summer on the beach mm. and i'd say look at this like oh my god we were so awful so they they aren't <laughs> yeah, even yeah, learning yeah. like the big picture is like is my kid getting better here right <laughs> your kid is getting better even though they don't feel it you might not see it the coach won't see it but the big picture on that yeah. this is why the video is so important too i think if you go back and check out where your kid was and just see are they getting better then you might start to understand process. Cause I, I, so as a business guy, like people don't understand this, like, you know, even failures, like the, so much, like, so we have like, you know, people work in our office now and it'll come up. We're like, Oh, we lost money doing this thing. We lost money doing this thing. And I'm like, I don't care. Like mm. we're, we're building something here. We're, we're teaching people that we're here for the service or whatever we're providing. It doesn't matter if we lose money in the short term, that's priceless. Right. And then we learn. Depending on what it's for. Yeah. I mean, but there is something like people don't like people are so quick to bail Mm. on like Mm. they don't understand what process means. Like they they don't understand that part of process is sucking for a bit. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, especially if you're trying new things out. Right. Like, yeah. 
if you're trying to walk for the first time is when you're a baby. Right? Imagine if babies didn't understand the process. Tough. Imagine if babies <laughs> didn't understand process and they're like, I'll never walk. And then they just well, never babies, walk. Babies don't understand process. Yeah, that's why they stick with it. Right. Because there's, there's no... They, they're they dumb babies. And they're dumb babies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but babe, that's the beauty of it. They're dumb. They're uh, innately brilliant, like intelligent in a way that's... Yeah, but yeah. Well, evolutionary terms, they don't stop because yeah. they're 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 descendants of people who didn't quit. Yeah. I mean, if we but if we applied that same mentality where like, you know, well, I don't know, baby keeps falling. <laughs> Maybe we should chop its legs <laughs> off. No, <laughs> that's horrible. That's not even funny. Wow. Right? That's disgusting. That's pretty you don't up. you don't do that. No, but maybe we should <laughs> stop the baby. Maybe we should tie its legs behind <laughs> anyway, whatever. Good football. You don't <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's too far. That's too. I, you know bad what? Jokes. We just lost a listener. Yeah, <laughs> listener singular. No, but the uh, that mentality of process, you know, and, and again, it, it requires. I, I think there's also arrogance that makes people quit, right? Like if you think about it, they right the, because they're not getting what they feel they yeah. deserve, right? Or they hit that wall where they're no longer improving, and now they've closed their opportunities. Or they, or off. they don't see. They don't see they're improving. Yeah. Right. right? They don't feel they're improving. Well, they, I mean, if they are actually being arrogant, then they may not actually be improving. True debt. That's a 90s reference. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yes. Because if they're, well, I mean, what I mean is, so like, if you quit because things are getting tough, right, you might not be, I think it's inevitable that players. Well, that's, that's players where you want to be. You want to be well, in that players, zone. Players who are on the court playing and practicing two or three times a week, playing tournaments, even if they're arrogant in the youth stages, they are getting better. Yeah, for the sure. The only time they're not getting better is if they have a coach who's inhibiting them, if they have a coach who's ruining their or confidence. Or they leave the game. Yeah, or they quit the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For... Uh, but the coach can kill, like we talked about this in the last episode, if the coach kills confidence, then I think a lot of parents listening have probably seen their team and their kids get worse yeah. over the course of the season. But it's a mental thing. That's a, you know, physically they're getting stronger, and you know, you could argue mentally they're getting stronger. But um, the problem is the in the short term, the team, the player is not going to. You know, again, it's very useful to have a jerk of a coach sometimes. But in that season, in that snapshot, you're like, wow, my kid can't serve as well as they were three months ago. You know, dude, and that that confidence thing that ties into um, the aggression topic. That I don't know when we'll get to bring that up, but mm-hmm. so kind of connected and like so important in volleyball and, and like in many sports. Like, couldn't, I don't know, we call it aggression, but it's not like violent aggression. It's like control. Volleyball is a very explosive sport, so yeah. like that's one thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's called an attack for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you got to play, and you got to play unencumbered. You know, you want to play. You don't want to play with a yeah. second thought. That's what I think. Yeah. The, the one thing, like, play if we could get into, game. like, we'll get into the yeah. subcategories. Like, so what does a humble, or a humble coach or a coach with humility look like to me? Like, I think a, a coach with humility is doing those things we've talked about so many times on the show. They're listening to others who have done more. Mm-hmm. They are um, open to understanding. I think they have empathy too. A, a humble coach is less self-centered. And by definition, that means that you are thinking of other people and their needs. Like we talked about in one of the episodes, imagine if a coach um, kind of was concerned about all the players on their team, you know, and like, imagine if every, I want to make all, every player a better person on this, on this yeah. team, right? Yeah. Um, that, that is going to be powerful stuff. I think that's a sign of humility that coach left self-centeredness. Yeah. Um, 
and open to learn. Um, and and I, the one big thing I think uh, that I see that we talked about this, uh, uh, you know, pre-show taping too, is the idea that uh, a humble coach doesn't over tinker. Right? Like they, a lot of coaches feel pressure to get involved with the process interfere with how the players are doing something so like, yeah that's... you could you could teach stuff and then step back and let them go that's the tough part i think a real humble coach the great coaches are prepared to let the kids experiment and practice on the court learn through trial and error without getting over involved right because who whose needs is it serving like by seeing yeah by not tinkering too much you're seeing that it's filling their needs are getting fulfilled right by like their yeah it, it's true it's so true if the kid makes a mistake especially like in game or whatever and then the coach has to interject has to say something well you're do you is that coach have little faith or do they not believe that there is a critical there's critical thinking going on in that kid's brain right then right there you know the whatever ball came they shanked it like there's a process going on in the brain right now. It's like, oh, this happened when I did this. Therefore, let's try this next time, right? But if you're always like interjecting, you're kind of letting, you're kind of getting in the way of that inner dialogue that that kid's kind of. So like as, as important, like obviously coaching exists for a reason, but now, but also just free play and then internal processes is something that we need to respect. And that exactly, I think it's just serving different needs. The coach is serving their own need mm. by kind of interfering, by saying something, because it makes them feel like that. I think it just reminds them, it makes them feel like that that player depends on them, right? And makes mm-hmm. that makes them feel important. And well, Oxford Dictionary says a modest <laughs> or low view of one's <laughs> own importance, right? Exactly. So yeah, like reduce that's a great place to start is just like reducing the level of your own importance kind of yeah like i like zoom out a little bit think a little bit less of yourself try to have a more macro view and i don't want to get all political on social media again (laughs) but like the phone situation and like in a gym gym when you know that's where the tournaments are going down is you got four or six eight courts i don't know and like the whole the whole thing is a giant audience so Mm -hmm. like you as the parent like first of all the kid feels like they're in a massive audience because they're actually the one on the court all eyes are on the court right so they're already the more nervous one and then parents are there because we're all living our own experience as much as like a parent has their kid the parents living their own experience right they're on the sideline and then if they're getting too involved well what's going on there why are it's so funny it's just all serving the same thing like the the Mm -hmm. parents trying to feel important right it is um yeah uh, i guess i'm getting well you're getting here, in, like, you're getting into audience there right like yeah where I think, if there's people watching the coach feels they need to like do something if the player if people are watching the player the player feels they need to yeah do and the parent feels like when they're watching they, like what is it so a parent like we may as well talk about all three categories at yeah. once. Like if the parents watching the kid and their kid is messing up the parent feels they need to do something there's this there's this uh, there's lack, a, lack of humility. What, like, I mean, first of all, I mean, it's just <laughs> is that a good comparison? How they, how each of these categories behave in the in the gym at practice, and then in the massive gymnasium at a tournament. Like, is that a good way to kind of compare things? Well, I think that I think that the idea is that like if people are, I mean, I don't know if we need to. Comp- I mean, the root cause is the same, right? It's people who are impatient can't stand watching short-term 
failure like we talked about off the top we all say we yeah, value yeah. failure but here we are wanting to avoid it Dude, so we're like, wanting we're wanting to avoid failure at every cost then in a sense you're almost saying we want to uh, you know avoid success because we all know that if failure is the most valuable teacher and every coach parent and player is trying to avoid failure left right and center then they're not learning anything. You know what? I think there's a there's a level of pain threshold involved in this as well. Because okay, so as you're talking, like I'm just remembering when I've coached, I've felt this before. When I'm watching a group of kids, or like one kid specifically on the court, and they're just like failing, you know, serve after serve, like they keep shanking, and like I'm like I'm feeling in myself more and more discomfort. And then that's where I, that's where I think this comes from. That some people have. Uh, Le- they're less capable of containing this level of discomfort and then they need to mm-hmm. interject. They need to start doing stuff because I don't know, maybe you, they just can't handle, they are in a way they are responsible for the performance of the kid, but not fully like mm-hmm. you can't, you don't want to have control over someone, but that's what you, a coach should feel responsible, right? So you're going to feel uncomfortable and it's just kind of, everyone has a different level of discomfort that they can kind of deal with. And those who can't, then they just, Mm-hmm. kind of burst out they let the nervousness come come out and, and this then... is why this is why sociopaths are so good at volleyball because they don't care no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah like wow you're so, so good at coaching volleyball <laughs> but i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> imagine like my kid's so good at serving he's a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just doesn't just care completely unaffected by <laughs> he's nerves. dead inside yeah he doesn't care about any of us <laughs> <laughs> no, but we should try that. We should get a, uh, getting too serious. a psychopath, uh, sociopathic sort of player on the court and see, well, just watch the damage. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they'll turn, no, they'll hit it into the crowd. Oh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I think that, uh, yeah, it's rooted in humility. I think it's weird, eh? Cause like, you know, it's rooted in this. I mean, we talk about self-loathing on the show. We talk about, like, I think your threshold that you're talking about, the, your your ability to tolerate uncomfortable situations. Yeah, you're going to feel discomfort. That's what yes. the coach is experiencing. And it comes from, so that the threshold level, though, it comes from how much confidence. Remember we talked about this? Like, if you take care of yourself as a parent, as a coach, your threshold is probably high. And if you do Mm. those hard things we talked about, you know, so parents, if you're worried about how quick you are to get upset over your kid failing or coaches, if you're, you know, find yourself getting too wound up, I guarantee if you spend some time working on yourself, then your coaching and parenting will get better because you will um, not put all of your, well, one, you're used to doing harder things than this. So you have perspective. But then two, you'll also... And there's process in that. Yeah. You're working out is... Yeah, it is a pro... You're right. Yeah, there's a long-term process. You're seeing results. I mean, even for me, bouncing back from my injury now, yeah. getting into the gym every day, starting to feel good, feeling, you know, I was telling you, it's walking feels better than it did a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, you, you, it teaches you... It just trains your brain in so many different ways. And working out is probably the best way to go about it uh, in our modern society because we're not chasing, uh, you know, dinosaurs like we used to. It's a historical yeah. fact. Chase dinosaurs? Yeah, we used to, we, right? Humans coexisted with dinosaurs, right? Dinosaurs Fl- are pretty fast, though. The Flintstones was a documentary, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. Anyway, so the... The original The cars. original, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> so, but the idea is that if you take care of yourself, then you're... All of these things breed humility, right? Like getting in the gym, yeah. going for a run, going for a long walk, uh, just teaches you to be, you know, be humble because you are... Yeah, 
it's it's a it's a bit of a beating mentally yeah it's yeah. it's uncomfortable yeah yeah so i think that i mean at the, if i were to pick one thing that's like huh. the one thing that'll help increase humility across the board it would probably be um taking care of ourselves because every coach i've seen or every parent i've seen that uh is like this they don't tend to have their stuff together now i should mm. i should because there are a lot of people that are in super great shape <laughs> and they're still like this yeah and that's because the, why they work out is not for the same reasons like you know yeah, in, yeah. intention is everything yeah, yeah so there's people who are just like hyper obsessed and hate themselves and they work out because they should and it's all on a strict time schedule and then is they go to the gym specifically like just for aesthetics like for aesthetics yeah exactly for the reactions of others or because it's something they should do it's not because they're doing it for the process of working harder like my it's favorite funny, my like, favorite my favorite thing in western culture is like like people like you know stressed out because they're late for yoga and i'm like you know, like like i love yoga but yeah. i like yoga for a, a whole different reason Yo uh, yoga is a meditative yeah relaxing difficult thing to sit in it's not something that you like i gotta go to yoga <laughs> i gotta go to yoga i'm late for yoga uh, like we've turned it into in the west we've turned it into this capitalist thing that is like now well you said you're so I, you're doing a yoga thing where they're not yeah they're not into the struggle at all it's a cash cow well yeah and like norm the the yoga that i'm used to like when i was practicing six years ago you know shavasana like the instructor was Gesundheit. set up Gesundheit. <laughs> wow <laughs> that's racist was it i don't know no no what i said was racist Gesundheit? because you said shavasana and i said Gesundheit. like if shavasana was a sneeze oh you didn't know uh, i said it well no I, that's why i thought you oh, said okay, it. Yeah. i didn't realize that yeah, it I sounds guess. like i'm being anti-brown but as like everybody if anybody's watching on youtube you can see that i am brown yes it's not a lighting trick cgi you're mocha. It's not mocha. <laughs> mocha chino. Um, yeah, like they used to give us, they always set it like aside five to 10 minutes to hang out in Shavasana. Mm. It was unreal. And then people, like, and then like. In, in the old place you went to? Yeah. Oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like that was a huge part because uh, and for anyone like out there working out and doing yoga and stuff, like even after your workout, just like hang out in shavasana or corpse pose or just lie down on lay the ground and relax yeah. and relax and like crazy stuff not crazy stuff it just <laughs> it feels really good um i mm -hmm. don't know how to describe it just try it but yeah so and now fast forward like six years now i'm doing yoga and this is exactly what i thought what would happen it's just like in a busy like kind of built up met metropolitan area more yeah densely and it's just like people are packed in there and then shavasana is honestly like a minute yeah and then I'm like, what? And then that's and the then, whole. And that's then almost the whole People point. get up and they book it out. And I, yeah, it is yes. exactly. It is yes. almost the whole point. And yeah. then to feel and, the difference. Yeah, and then the whole and the whole process of like the struggle and the poses, the poses, the time you spend in them is all reduced, and then you just go through a lot more. And then like I can just yeah, there's, mm -hmm. there's, yeah, not good posture. Like people are probably gonna get injured. It's just it's a great great business. Yeah. Um, kind of rubbing me the wrong way but yeah. i'm trying to like i was telling you like i'm trying to turn off my brain of being like oh this is oh this class is so wrong now right. i need to shut off that side of me yeah. and take out the good of it that i can while which is I'm a kind of cool thing to mentally that you, yeah. that's a struggle that you're actually turning into something that's a positive for you right like, oh i'm not gonna freak out and start beating everybody up in this yoga studio yes i'm not gonna With smash my the windows mat. at night you know how much that would hurt <laughs> if you roll up like my yoga mat is heavy and like mm. that would hurt so you've thought about this eh? well mm. it wouldn't bruise though right so that's the good thing so you mm. wouldn't be able to <laughs> 
This is disturbing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a oh, twenty pound boy. mat. You know this is evidence, right? You oh know this yeah. This is now evidence. This is going to be subpoena. No. <laughs> subpoena. That sounds dirty. Man goes crazy in hot yoga studio <laughs> and <laughs> podcast to blame. Beats hey, up. Beats no up twenty people and then maybe, passes out from dehydration. Or maybe maybe we could get a few followers out of it. You should think about it. <laughs> no such thing as bad publicity. Oh yeah, right. You know I mean? Yeah, I'll wear, wear a uh, volleyball sh- volleyball <laughs> shirt. <laughs> Can't even pronounce volleyball shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah, that you should do that, and then just say like, "Man blames podcast for." Yeah, you know, and say then, then like, they, which podcast? Yeah, and everybody read it, and the controversial They're podcast, like, volleyball, oh, uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> everybody will get our subscribers to go up, but then of course I'll have to do the show alone because you'll be in jail. Yeah. Not forever, though. No, not forever. <laughs> well, we could set up some... I'm sure we could... Yeah, I'll, I'll have we a could get a phone. <laughs> um, okay, so where are we on our... Well, on our we're list? just... We, we're sort of bringing everything... To, I mean, we can talk about the, the, the... I mean, so just to wrap up the coaching thing, if we were to, like, hone in on that, like... Right. If uh, the coach that tinkers too much from the sideline, tinkers too much with the... With the co- if, if you're interfering with players' decision-making, I think you're impeding them. So I think... You know, if your if your desire to be noticed as a coach and your desire to feel like the authority figure is impeding, well, it always will you know, on the kid's ability to make those decisions in game. Like your job, you know, primarily, is to facilitate practice, come up with defensive systems, and let the kid and teach good technique if you can, and then let the kids sort of go through it, right? Let them and by like, don't just uh, quit subbing out kids, rotating back for coaching or uh, for serving and all that. Yeah, stuff. I hate that it, stuff. It would be interesting to actually learn what that kid's uh, thought process is in this one mechanism part of volleyball that they're trying to work on and they keep failing on, like closing a block to the outside or something as a middle blocker. Um, don't just, or I, mean, I, I don't know, like it'd be interesting to be like, hey, like what are you thinking? Like, And then they'll be like, oh, I see, like this happens and I'm trying to do this. And then all of a sudden you may discover as they're telling you this like thought process that there's like, there's, they're, they don't understand the question why or how uh, as well. And then that's an opportunity to explain, oh, oh, you're trying to do this. And I see you're thinking that, well, actually this way might be better. And then you can explain why. And then, because mm-hmm. they, they may you're, just not be thinking of it the right way. Yep. And then, and again, this just always works better to figure out what they're thinking and kind of give them a better solution, right? And then you're answering the, the question why, because if you just say no do it this way you don't let them get to realize why their process isn't working because mm-hmm. you know and then they're not going to let it go and then they may just default back to it right mm-hmm. um, yeah you're robbing yourself of these interactions right when, I, yeah. when you're a coach that isn't going through what you just described then they're they're robbing the player of that ability to self-reflect they're robbing themselves of the opportunity to hear that the player is not understanding yeah the, the why or you're maybe and you know so i think like if we were to i mean it's kind of funny, but it, you could boil this whole topic down. I could end this show right now. I'm going to end the show right now. No, I'm yeah. Uh, we could end the show by oh. just saying, like, it really is the inability for us to get over ourselves, right? Like, like get, get, yeah. like, get, like, Zoom it's funny. Out. Like, so as a philosophy guy and major and taught us for a bunch of years, I always used to tell my students, like, just zoom out, like, look at yourself as the ants that we are players, coaches, parents. And once you realize that there are a zillion kids playing volleyball and a zillion kids in the history of the world, that's a technical term, a zillion, uh, who have been playing volleyball and have struggled, it's not original. It's not a, it's not a big deal. You're not the only one. Like there are a gazillion kids and parents who have been frustrated with the way their kids playing, coaches frustrated with their teams. 
and, and you don't want to fall into the like nothing matters, right? But but it is a beautiful place to be. This is what Zen means, right? Like Zen means that you're like you understand your place in the universe. Like the, yeah, Zen. Like means... we talked we talked about Michael Jordan, how long it took for him to accomplish what he did, and if his parents panicked, if his uh, coaches over tinkered, you know they could have turned him off the sport. I mean, how many kids do we not know about in every sport because they were turned off by an overzealous parent, but over even themselves. Right. But isn't also some of this just the human condition? Like we are like Jordan undoubtedly experienced over tinkering and like a blow up from his parents every now and then. But I think it's just the amount that of times that it happens. You know what I mean? I can't imagine he went his whole basketball career well we, not experiencing we did, so, well when we when we played when i played mm. my parents never barely watched me play the parents were not involved like my they parents today. they they watched a lot but they yeah they really kind of didn't they they cared a little bit they cared about how i was on the court like my energy it's like you look yes. like you weren't even trying or like you look like you were in yeah you were at the like, start of that parental involvement thing like people my age like i'm 48 and people my age were like <laughs> My parents barely there. Like, you know, a lot of it was done through school. Like yeah, the high level yeah. sports were all through schools, right? Club and rep was fairly new. Right. So they couldn't so, literally couldn't Yeah, we would take a bus from the school to the tournament. They were at work. Yeah, uh, how sweet is that actually? It was kind of, it was great. It was great. And I think that's why there's a difference between people our age and people like you're at the at the early cusp of the millennial thing. Like you're like Early, okay. right? No, you are. Like you are. Yeah. Like you were no, at the beginning I, I of the, you were at the beginning of parents. Yeah. When this is what I was thinking yesterday. Like so the, that tournament, right? And then the two youth teams showed up and mm-hmm. like I met a bunch of the parents. It's awesome. They're giving their kids an opportunity to play in an adult tournament, getting ready for provincials. Mm-hmm. But at the same time I was looking at these parents, I'm like, man, they're here for the one one guy was there for like nine hours. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do that as a parent. Like, I don't want to sit there and like I wanna go like work out and stuff like i'm there as the convener because i'm getting well married. but you can't say that because you don't have a kid like yeah i know like but it's, that's it's what, really impossible but i can say it and i'm gonna think it yes you will think it now <laughs> but you won't like so once you have a kid it's like it's a weird yeah, thing that happens. it's nine hours of my day yeah like. but see once you have a kid you don't think like that it's like weird it's it's hard, impossible to express like all the parents listening are like shut up eric you don't understand <laughs> once you have a kid that's like your yeah. only reason for living that's why parents get out of shape that's why parents don't go to the gym uh. every day because they sacrifice that for their kid because that's evolution right that's how our like it's it's well i'm gonna change things no no you're, you're gonna fight yeah four, i'm gonna four million change. years oh you're yeah gonna, i am yeah so you're yeah. not you're not gonna pay for your child and you're gonna be a deadbeat no dad. no i'll send him to volleyball but like <laughs> and you i'll like go. drop him off and then i'll be like yeah i'll see you later no you won't because it's evolutionary that's watch the me. problem watch that's me. the problem no no if you could Let's make a documentary <laughs> Uh, I think you're talking. Well, for the documentary would start out as you know something, something inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, true. You have to conceive a child <laughs> live on camera. These guys proof. It's my kid. Are we sure? Yeah. Are we sure these guys. <laughs> this is a, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uncensored. Volleyball. Yeah, volleyball. We just called uncensored. Yeah. Right? Uh, anyway, um, no, I mean, so it's a different sort of thing. So you would sit there for your child. That's the difference. But the, but the Maybe. difference. So I, no, no. But what you're talking about is there's a very big difference. So I would sit there for my child and watch them play. But I'm not gonna start screaming. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna even. You know, I might look at the coach. None and go, of them are doing that actually. 
Okay, that's all, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is a good like, but in fairness, that is a smaller club where the people aren't as insane as other yeah, yeah. places. So, and it was an adult league. It's not. It had nothing to yes. do with the, their actual. I'll bet division. you any money, though. They love the fact that uh, I don't know how many subs they had, but uh, they only the it was the only the one team had like subs, and they only had like one. Okay, so that's cool. So I bet yeah. they love the fact that it wasn't like a traditionally coached match this was an adult tournament where people yeah. could play more freely the one coach probably, was there yeah they're probably and, laughing a little more yeah, music totally. playing and yeah. yeah that that's the key to these community parents listening if you want your kid to like have fun with the game community volleyball leagues or adult leagues they loved it get yeah. them or youth leagues all like the parents it's, afterwards there's no coach limiting a role yeah there's no coach telling you you're not allowed to do this or you know oh, we're gonna sub you out before your serve or you can't set or you're not allowed to pass we're gonna libero you out was there a libero did they bring a libero no okay cool libero, so that was yeah. great so everybody got to pass because i know a lot of middle <laughs> kids never get to pass play defense yeah. backwards yeah. so that's good yeah no i mean um I think I think so. What I was getting at, like, if we were to sum up the whole thing, like, I, I know what you mean, but Jordan's the, better than LeBron. I get it. Yeah, 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 Jordan's better than LeBron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it really isn't. But anybody, anybody wants, anybody wants both. We don't want to get too political. Shut but, up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna lose so many. And by the way, Coke is better than Pepsi. No, I'm just kidding. I like Pepsi. Too. Some of my best friends drink Pepsi. Um, uh, no, LeBron is wonderful. Like LeBron, like he's a phenom, and you gotta, you gotta give him. Like, yeah, he's amazing. he's amazing. And you know what's funny too? It's like they can both be great. How about that? Yeah, right? like that whole our whole world is like to, you know, this one's better than this social one. media yeah. likes to engage us and get us angry over these White's stupid. Better than brown. Like, well, they're all fake to be. <laughs> What? Why would you say it like that? Why would you say white's better than brown? It was a joke. That was a random. I'm trying to make very specific. <laughs> Because I suck at them, so I'm trying. I'm working on oh, them. Oh, jeez. Well, I hope you suck at racist jokes, Eric. Yeah, I'm trying to get better. So give me some feedback oh, in the boy. comments. Hey guys, yeah, in the comments, if you think we should cancel Eric, just let us know. Oh boy, <laughs> I disagree with Eric. I think that brown is better than white. That's basically we're going to increase engagement, Eric. That's what social media nice. does. Just so everybody knows, that's what social media is doing to you. By the way, they're intentionally they're paying people to create these these posts that you're seeing to intentionally incite anger no. because their business is eyeballs and their business is engagement. Yeah. Business so like everybody, everybody keeps saying, oh, I think there's farms in the middle of Albania that are producing Facebook things. And Facebook's like, yeah, we're trying to crack down. <laughs> BS. Facebook's hiring those farms. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Because I would do that if that was my business and I needed people engaged. I would make sure that there were people out there whose full-time job kinds of crazy it stuff was to like, yeah, anger the public so that yeah, they just stuff text. to like or hate, right? The whole That's what I would the do. whole like button. Yeah, and then there's remember why? Remember when the like button first came out, and then everyone's like, "Well, where's the dislike button?" Or was yes. there was a dislike button? There I was a thumbs up, thumbs down. I think. Yeah, and then I think on youtube got rid of the thumbs down or you can you can choose to get rid of it i think as oh a, it's the, posting i the, think the publisher doesn't see the negative or something i don't know whatever it is it's the bottom like line that. is uh, they just want more negativity <laughs> so they're going to show you the stuff that gets you infuriated first so yeah like it's wake just, up people the signs right there the yeah. fact that you can like stuff is yeah, but but, it, but even more dangerous than that is like if you the, the fact that it keeps showing you more of what you're living in is a real dangerous. Well, thing. echo chambers that as algorithm so da- yeah. and it's just like it's so weird because like that's just drawing people into like 
states of paranoia and uh, all, everything you think. Oh, it's look at how widespread it is. It's not. It's just yeah, your phone. Yeah, yeah. It's just your little phone. Yeah, shaping your whole reality. So if your whole reality is in your phone, we're doing a show, by the way, right? On kids and social media, and kids and their phones, yeah. players and their phones, what's doing to them? Well, we um, do it uh, for everyone. It, well, it's connected with this problem of. Um, humility right getting over yourself like you're the center of your universe literally your phone is feeding that mentality because it's like selling you that yes your beliefs the things you're into are everywhere so it gives you this self makes us feel like we are self-centered important self-centering us yeah were you um, trying to make a summary of something? I was and trying then to make, I was I made gonna, a racist joke yes, and then we got off. I would, the point I was making was that the perspective of ourselves, right? Like the understanding that okay, uh, I mean, I love you know some great you know sort of philosophical idea that nothing you're no thought you're having as a player, a coach, or parent is an original thought. You know, those right. negative thoughts that are everybody in the history of time has had these thoughts about that. their kid. That comes from Buddhism. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, Sorry, it's probably pre before. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. it's just an idea that you, you know, y- y- everything that you've ever thought negative about what you're seeing happening on the court uh, is not an original thought. So right, this, that, this need to tinker is rooted in the idea of self-importance. Your story is just your little story. Everybody else has their own story like you talked about. But is not the ultimate realization of that a pacifist society right I, I like i understand what you're saying but it is not also the human condition to be a tinkerer to be you know like the universe is you know consciousness experience itself like humans yeah. like we act this way we act that way like it's but so, so we want to i think what you're trying to say is you're just trying to counteract what is happening in our society right now well here, here's is, here's what i mean so the people that are seeing this stuff and are wanting to tinker have no idea what the process is to true greatness. So like if you're an amateur who doesn't know anything about that long-term process, you want to fix something that shouldn't be fixed right now. That's what I mean. Because, you know, the person who's, who, who can sit back and say, this is a long process. This is a valuable stage. This crappy thing I'm experiencing is priceless they won't want to fix it. Yeah. The people who want to fix it interfere, change the path. We talked about this in another episode too, where we talked about the, the adventure of your life and, you know, mm-hmm. um, everybody wants to have this great story. So they gear everything in line with that story. Then they're robbing themselves of the amazing things that can happen when the story hits the fan. Cause they keep trying to keep yeah. it down this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I mean is like, I understand. What, like, so we are tinkerers by nature. Humans are like ants. Mm. We just want to improve. We want to improve. We have sort of a progress thing built into our mindset for sure. But the problem is that we have shortened our timeline of mm-hmm. how long it mm-hmm. takes to get great. We want to be great now. And that makes the coach stand up and start screaming on the sideline. That makes the parents take their kid and say, you were crappy out there today because they are not thinking long term. They, they think if your definition of long-term is the seasonal championships, then you don't have it, right? You know what I mean? You don't have it. You're just going to end up being frustrated. It's like people who say, we're going to build the next Google, and then three months in, they're bailing on it. Mm-hmm. At least this is our society right mm-hmm. now, right? Like everybody wants to. They shoot what? really high, and they have no idea how long it took for them to hear about Google. They have no idea how many years it took to build something like that. And they have no idea how long greatness takes. And so, like we talked about this before, 
talking about Michael Jordan off the top, right? Everybody talks about Michael Jordan now. The benefit I had and people my age had is that we saw him when he sucked. And we saw him when he was not even sucked, by the way. He was already in the NBA. But we saw the long process. He wasn't, yes. Yeah, he wasn't. And we grew up in a time where there was patience. That's why I think there's something interesting about the people who are in their 40s who never grew up with the internet. They didn't grow up with social media. Yeah. They're they're living in a world yeah. with it, but their foundational years were not in it. Of course, yeah. we had TV and people thought the TV was horrible for us in a different way. I'm sure previous generations thought we were ruined. But one thing is that we're able to harness the internet uh, and social media now if we're in that world and still have the benefit of the work ethic and how long it takes I think so to too. To build yeah. something. That's it, the sweet spot. It wasn't part of those like development, developmental years for you guys. No. Yeah. We I don't know. have the mindset of, uh, I mean, I, it's difficult to try to remember a time without phones. I think for people my age, yeah. they can think, man, remember those days where you could just drive somewhere and nobody knew where you were and like you had to, yeah, good you, point. you know what I mean? Like you were free, you know? Uh, well, same thing. Like there was, there was more process and, and uh, attention to building something. It took a while. There was understanding that things took a long time. Um, people mm. who are famous on the on TV and in movies were not on our Instagram role. You know what I mean? It wasn't the next door neighbor posting selfies who's got a million followers. Like, yeah. So so we that that decreases our impatience level because we want to be that right and um, so yeah. I think um, we didn't touch on uh, like data and and hacks right mm, life hacks yeah yeah i just kind of you're making me think of uh with the phones and people know where you are there's so much data nowadays right like well that's that's basically the the jump there was no data in those days now there is too much data too much it's crazy so we did an episode on the dangers of data remember that people should check that out i don't even remember yeah oh, about yeah, the danger of too much data like and stats how, and all yeah, that stuff. stats sorry dangers of stats yeah 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 so, that's a good one because it it's like weirdly, it promotes overreactions. Like like stats. Yeah. The, the the if we were to sum up that episode, people well, haven't heard like, of it. It's like it's like oversteering, right? Like in a, in a car, like one of the best things to do in a car is to just kind of like take your foot off the gas and like small movements, right? Yeah. But then people panic and they overcorrect, overcorrect, and then they go freaking flying off the highway or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, we're literally just supposed to, yeah, um, be calm in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, like you can, the problem with stats, you're right. Like the data that we have today, there's so much of it that we 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 think we need to correct drastically now. Well, we can make so many of these theories and conclusions from the data, and it's like, oh, we can. This can happen if you do this, this, and this, and this. So that now we have all these grand grandiose ideas of like, oh, if we do this thing, then they can get there faster. And then so maybe that's also part of what's going on, right? It's like Well and I think I think that the the arrogance or the the wrong conclusion as to why the data is happening the way it's happening. It's the, all the about root, the interpretation. Yeah, we believe that we know the source for these stats and we could be wrong or we think that this is what the stats mean and we're wrong that's like i told you i worked with a, a statistician yeah yeah he told me that he was great he said like the worst thing a statistician can do is or anybody reading stats to think that they have the right answer as so to what, why it's happening what is the true purpose of stats then well like, he's, he said that stats are just to inform you of what's happening but not they don't tell you conclusions. Mm. So if anybody is sitting at looking at stats and saying, I have the answer, you have to be very cautious as to what that answer is. Our society, though, now, because we live in this, you know, 
world of overreaction. And impatience. We want, we want an answer yesterday. Yeah. So a politician, a coach, a parent will say, like, here's the problem, here's the solution yeah. now, right? It's like every day in the, in the nutrition world, or yeah, literally every day there's a new study on this can get better if you eat this this many times or you do this exercise at blah, 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 blah. It's yes. just like every day there's another little hack and like... <laughs> It's like, it's comical actually to try to keep up with it. Oh them. man, it's wild. Yeah. Well, we talked about this too. Like my generation, we grew up, we grew up with the, uh, the grape, uh, the margarine stuff. Like the, uh, so yeah. margarine, mar everyone yeah. was like, get rid of butter. It's yeah. deadly killer. And we're like, <laughs> I remember growing up thinking, but butter seems so natural to me. Like it seems like, it seems like. <laughs> what is margarine? But, but margarine like, is this waxy, from? yellowy. I love how they never like, talked about where it came from or how margarine's made. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we'll make it yellow. <laughs> way it kind of looks like butter, right? And, uh. Most butters died as well. And, the, and then, they're, then they're like, uh. Then they're like, uh, and it's soft. It's easier to spread than butter. Look, you don't have to, you know, butter, you leave it out. No. Well, they had Fabio. Yeah, yeah, Fabio. Yes, margarine, yes, yes. Anyway, and then they then they announced after Better like 20 butter? years of margarine eating that, uh, oh, it <laughs> turns out wrong. margarine. Now, remember that whole thing about margarine? It'll kill you. Really not good it's a break. deadly killer. I remember Letterman used to make fun of that. <laughs> uh, you know, margarine, you know, it turns out uh, deadly killer. Uh, because they were telling everybody with heart problems to eat margarine. And they found, oh, it turns out the stuff we made in the lab was less safe than the stuff that comes what? from nature shocker <laughs> you mean the thing from uh, nature you mean the thing from nature is less dangerous than the what? thing that was made and processed i love how the heart foundation yeah. supports it here eh? like still yeah oh it's boy. supported by the canadian cancer or not uh, heart and stroke or, yes that's yeah one. no i mean it's it's uh <laughs> interesting yeah so i the, i i tend <clears> to think that so just i mean i think people are getting this from our show too like we tend to favor the natural progression of things because that's how it works and every time people interject like as a coach as a parent too much as a player uh, then you're rocking the natural flow of things. And it's funny because the players who have the patience to go long in volleyball, uh, like we know some pro players who will be the first ones to tell you, they were awful as kids. They were not starters. They were mm. at the end of the bench and they went to the Olympics or mm -hmm. they went to the national teams because they just kept going. And they were lucky enough to have parents who stood back, supported where the yeah. journey took yeah. their kid and the kid who is dominant at 25 is almost never the kid who's dominant at 15. Almost never, right? We know that there's the anomalies of the Wayne Gretzky's. and Because so Michael Jordan wasn't that story. Wayne Gretzky, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Those were rare. And people see those, right? Yeah. They see those things online and on TV. And they think that that's 0.001% of 1%. And that kid's born with it. Yeah. But those kids that are even great on your kid's volleyball team, they're not going to be great when they're 25. Your kid might pass them. The worst kids on the team, like I told you that story about that small club team, those guys getting their butts kicked when they were little teenagers, became national team players, a bunch of them, because they were, so, they, their parents kept them in the process long enough. Their parents didn't over tinker. Right, the, so what, the what's the difference between today and those days back then? Because back then, parents... Like, Social media. Like, they may not have been thinking about this. Oh, they probably weren't thinking, oh, I need to make sure I don't interfere too much. I need to no, make sure... No, they didn't they, care as much. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, is that they didn't <laughs> care. So what we're offering is an antidote to a, to a current disease that's, that's happening, right? So, like, yeah, exactly. Back then, parents didn't care. My parents would drop me off, show up, watch, you know, ask me how my game was. But they wouldn't 
try to like get no. me more playing time or whatever. They literally just were happy that I was playing sports because it made me a tolerable kid. Mm. If I didn't play sports, I would have been like doing whatever, like yep. stuff that my parents would have made. Murdering later. people with yoga mats. No, let's go with vandalism or something. Yoga mats. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, t- that was a callback joke. No, yoga wasn't it. popular. You talked then. over my callback joke. Yeah, yeah. I'll but, say it again. I want you to be quiet. Murdering people with <laughs> yoga mats. <laughs> We'll edit this later. Uh, no, Just YouTube kidding. is going to auto this section. Oh, as right. Murder, murder the yoga mat. Mm. Yeah. Well, you could say that. I really murdered that yoga class. <laughs> like, you know, as a figure of speech. Uh, anyway, okay. Right. What's the difference between now and then? They're, are we starting this whole thing again? Are we editing this? Oh, yeah. No, I guess. The, <laughs> no, the, the difference is now. Care. It's like. Oh, social media. 100%. Social media. It's over. It's causing impatience. It's causing over importance. Million it's, dollar um, athlete. So the, as the pay scale. Yeah, comparing. You know who's to, blame? to every, everyone You know else? who's to blame for million dollar Gary athletes? Gary Bettman. Nope. Muhammad Ali. Oh. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Muhammad Ali was the guy who made sports such a lucrative thing. Before Muhammad Ali, no athletes were making crazy sponsorship money muhammad ali was the guy who was getting millions of dollars for like to be a spokesperson he was the most recognizable face in the world right so since ali all sports became very lucrative right hmm. and athletes like holding them up and i mean there's that new nike movie coming. Well, so out what about Jordan. those baseball players like isn't babe ruth he predates ali didn't he yeah but babe ruth wasn't getting them i mean babe ruth no, was getting like mob, mob i mean he didn't live in mass see remember Ali came along at the start of mass media culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1960s, right? So we started to get TV. satellite TV, satellite global. You could broadcast all over the world. Huh. People in Japan didn't know who Babe Ruth was, but they knew who Muhammad Ali was. So it, he became the first superstar athlete who could be marketed, right? And I don't know if you know this, but he for like 20 years, he was the most recognizable face in the world. Muhammad Ali, because he fought all over the world too, wow. right? And people would fill movie theaters to watch uh, closed circuit back, back in the day, right? Closed circuit TV is what they used to have before pay per view. Um, so wow, you're old. Yeah, well, I didn't. I was. I didn't live this, but I'm. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a history major. So oh right, I know right. these. I read about these things. But yes. but I was. I was a kid when Ali was just retiring. Right, like in the early '80s, I was like seven. And uh, so no, and I grew up a huge boxing fan. But Ali was the reason why. So that's the emphasis. Right now, we got like super. He was the first superstar, mm-hmm. mass superstar athlete. And so like. Ever since then, sports celebrity and sports significance in Western culture has gone through the roof, right? Uh, because it's been combined, like it sort of combined with like capitalism to the extreme, right? And so now parents growing up in this world, that's why they, you know, that's why they jeer kids. That's why they cheer. Like <laughs> we talked about how parents should cheer. They get over-involved in kids' sports um, because the, uh, the problem of fame and failure and everything being public and... There's a lot of people here watching. And it's it's also really interesting because you've now mentioned like how much you looked up to Jordan, to Kobe, to Ali, to so how many kids nowadays have have athletes they idolize? Like I I remember That's a good point. I remember like getting into yeah like hockey when I was playing it. Gretzky was another one too. Yeah, just to let people know that I did admire white people as well. Right. Sorry, Gretzky as well. You were and very... Karch Karai, of course. Karch yes. is the king of volleyball. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Both you're not, you're white not racist. Yes. Some of my <laughs> and I and I and I remember this as well. Like playing, it was mostly in volleyball and I think in hockey. Um. Yeah. Like Gretzky, Brett Hall, like Lemieux, like Lindros, like Iserman, Iserman, Forsberg, Sakic, Sakic all Unreal, white. Fedorov. Any, did Burin. you did you like any black players? <laughs> in the NHL, Jerome McGinley. 
Yeah, yeah. That's the only one. Racist. No, that's the only one. I could, yeah. Well, there's, he played yes. Calgary Flames, right? Drama? Oh, my God. He yeah. did. Of course he did. Okay, well, I'm just making sure. I'm just proving. Oh, my God. I actually. And then he went to the Penguins for one final year. Remember that? Mm. He tried to win a cup and he went to play with Sydney. And, anyway. Ah. But anyway, what, your point was. My sorry. point was, like, I remember kind of idolizing athletes. You even more so. Oh. Now, I don't know. I think kids still, I mean, I don't get to talk with, yeah, I'm not no, coaching too much right now, but like how much, I feel like there's so many things to be distracted with. There's like video games, there's online, there's TikToks, there's this, there's that. There's like, we're living in our own world. It's kind of hard. I, I feel like I, I can only guess that there are less uh, idols in kids' minds, especially in, fewer in athletics. Kid, fewer idols. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> too many words and trying to process yeah, that no, I, that's an interesting point so you think that because maybe kids are living within their own little bubbles if they picked an athlete to watch and emulate i'm trying and, no, not no, no, to draw a conclusion it's just it no but seems... it's interesting because i did and i don't know if i'm unique in this way but i did i really emulated my heroes like yeah. so i had a like when i saw like some of my favorite quotes from muhammad ali like, tony hawk well you know that quote from muhammad ali like to win all i have to do is suffer like, yeah, I love like, like that's I'm crazy. Like, that's to a hear that quote. as like an eight year old and like just revere this person. Yeah, like what is that going to do for that it was kid? Cool. That's, that's wild. I know because that's then, what they asked Ali about when he was two. Like he was, I think he already had a little Parkinson. There was just oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't know it, but you know he lost to a nobody, Leon Spinks. Like mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali was only, he was only in his early thirties, and he was already looking a little unhealthy, and he lost to a nobody, mm-hmm. and then they, there was a rematch set. And then they said, so how are you going to, and, and he said, to win, all I have to do, he said, all I have to do is suffer. Well, work my butt Right. Off. Like there's so much more bandwidth now. Like, like in the case of LeBron, there's probably so many great things LeBron has said mm-hmm. that I haven't even heard of, like, because it just gets drowned out right. in the sea of everything. Yeah. You know, like. Well, and, and you mentioned too, it's kind of fascinating because we talked about this too, the hacks, you know, the life hacks that dominate social media are almost by definition the opposite of work ethic and progress. The hacks are shortcuts. It's called a hack, yeah. It's called a hack, right? And it's a shortcut to greatness. And I'm just here to tell you that if your kid is watching hacks, if you are an adult who looks up hacks, you are by definition missing out on what it takes. I had a thing, I told you about this, like, you know, some people on the internet who make a whole living about talking about life hacks Mm -hmm. and this is their whole career. Mm -hmm. And they also talk about greatness. And I'm like, you know, every time you talk about a hack, Mm -hmm. you're, you're actually steering people away from what it takes to really be great because there are no shortcuts. And what, right. Right. There are no shortcuts. And if I can quote another great philosopher, uh, Shifu, Master Shifu, not Master Shifu, uh, the dragon scroll from Kung Fu Panda. You may mm. recall this. Oh, yes. That was also a documentary. Yes. And the dragon scroll. Do you remember what it was? Do you, do you remember, did you watch it? Is this number two, three, or the, uh, all, the I think one where he does one. the dance with the water drop? I think one. And he's like, Whoa, I, I think oh. one. Okay. One. So the I dragon scroll, the yes. dragon scroll. Oh, there's that? nothing on it. That the, the, was Did about the secret it? ingredient, yes. right? And they open it and it's just a reflection of the person, uh, right? The idea is that there's no secret ingredient. Profound. There are no shortcuts. It is just hard work. That's the answer that nobody wants to hear today, by the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just hard work. And hard. what does hard work mean? It means getting your ass kicked once in a while. It means... By a yoga mat. S- suffering, yeah. <laughs> it means suffering through, watch, even as a parent, suffering through watching your kid suck. 
or not be the best kid on the court or riding the bench. As a coach, it means letting your team suffer a little bit, right? Because you know what? You know what happens when you suffer? That's the only way to promote the need to improve. If you don't suffer, if you don't face these crappy things, then you will never face the spark to improve. Yeah. Ever heard the term, you got to hit rock bottom? You know, sometimes it yeah. ha- you have to hit rock bottom before you change in any sort of, you know, wellness Dude, program. and that's where the, like, get into the psychology of it. Like, you're going to remember your losses because it's emotionally more charging than, well, depending. Like, a victory, depending, it can be, you know, like, emotions help us remember things, mm-hmm. right? So, losing something and the pain of that is going to, you're going to bring that into your next week going into practice, right? The next, whatever, six, eight practices. Yep. And the victory... If there's reflection on why you lost. Yeah. Well, that's right. You right? want it that's to the be. Step. That's the step that everybody talks about. Honed and directed. Losing and losing and losing with no reflection is like, you know, just repeating the same stupid thing. You know, if you're not adapting and tweaking, but not shortcutting. Right. Yeah. So this hack culture contradicts. So just to go back to what you were talking about with the lack of celebrity hack culture which is what we're like it's kind of funny that we we use computer terminology right you hack Mm, computers you don't mm. hack humans we are not robots in this culture that's fearing ai and you know sentient beings we're using computer terminology to describe uniquely human processes the act of humans improving over time is not something you hack we are we are not computers yeah we like to think we are computers computers are something we created Okay, they are flawed is, because we are flawed. Is the but a hack? Just let me finish that thought. Yeah. So a computer hack is, and this hack culture. I think you touched on something very important here. Is the reason why we're not worshiping? We're worshiping Instagram hackers rather than watching and studying the background of what great athletes are doing. Yeah, totally. over the long haul. Like yeah. honestly, this is a really important thing because I ask young <clears throat> players all the time. Do you know who? Me. Do you know who? Like I'll say, Karch Karai is, and they have no clue because he's a different generation. Mm-hmm. I'll ask them about great players from today, and they have no clue. Yeah, that's fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah, young athletes that's, are not watching the process or yeah. the life stories of these athletes today. Yeah, because they're too busy following the Instagram influencer. It's funny. You hope the athlete becomes the Instagram. I mean, a lot of athletes are trying to cross over, but then they fall into the trap of becoming Instagrammy. They're not even telling the real struggle. There's a couple of guys out there, a couple of players that I like that are just talking about their failures online and how long it took them to become great. And I like those guys, you know, like Sam, Sam Pedlow, yeah. right? Sam Pedlow is a guy who openly talks about his yeah, mental, yeah. Health, mental health struggles, yeah. some failures he's had, how he wasn't a great player. It was all hard work. And, you know, and he's trying to train people now, right? Which yeah. is great. So, yeah, shout out to Sam. Yeah. You played with him. I did. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting thing you said. They don't know. They don't follow uh, the athlete struggle, which yeah. is kind of logical to me. Like, if you want to be something, why don't you go watch someone who did it? That's what I used to do. Like, I was well, like, I wanted to be so those this, guys. This was part of it. No, I had two things. I only remember one of them. Maybe I'll remember the other one. But is the original hack, or the hack's the wrong word, but it's it was watching videos. It was watching cards in the AVP. It was yeah. watching... And it wasn't even a hack. It was uh, no, but, but studying. It, but that's what I mean. I think that is the... Na- that's the butter, whereas the hack's the margarine. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> nice, right? Like Ooh. watching the AVP, that's the real thing. That And then and even before there was video recording and TVs, um, people would play sports and they would sit on the side and they would watch people play or they would 
when you know or people are doing jujitsu there's two people on the mat and then there's like six people watching and they're observing and they're learning right so Mm -hmm. this is the original um learning that's part of the learning process right that's your bread and butter that's (laughs) your yeah and i just hope that idea spreads oh can you please now I'm going to try. I hate it. When I try to think of a pun and I can't. I know. I just, like, so this is why you can't be a dad. I'm going to have an right. aneurysm. Right? You can't it's be like, a dad. Nah. We talked about you having a baby. You can't, can't be a dad. Until you develop the dad joke, nah. then you cannot be. Short circuiting. Yeah. I hate puns. No. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I said that it should spread. <laughs> anyway, I hope these ideas spread. They butter. They butter. They darn well butter. <laughs> Anyway, see, these are dad jokes. This yeah. is, it, genetically, it's an evolutionary thing. It comes mm. out it's, you know, it's because as you become more comical. Does he get more of a dad bod? Yeah, that's it? what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you become Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> you uh, are Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. And then, you know, the dad joke, the more I work out and the testosterone rises, then the dad jokes disappear. <laughs> I get the smoldering. The smoldering look is back. But then every now and then a fart slips uh, out. And yeah. And then it brings to, you right. Just to keep you humble. It centers you. <laughs> Get you're like trying to, to act zone. tough you're trying to act tough and walk cool and then a <laughs> fart comes <laughs> right back to uh nature's way um okay so coaches parents uh well we haven't really talked about the humble player but i think it's obvious for it, players yeah. if players are have humility then they're open to learning yes yeah, the same thing applies again everyone here we kind of just mm-hmm. mash them all into one category yeah so what's what would you say is the solution well i think I wanted to bring up the human condition of people do this and that. Like, like I said, I think you were trying, like you're trying to address uh, a symptom of what's going on right now. And it, it's caused by, you know, the story you said of Muhammad Ali and athletes getting a lot of money and now there's TV and social media and it's built up. There's more eyeballs and then there's more things grabbing your attention and stuff like that. Um, people are losing perspective on, on what's really happening here. Yeah. It's a bunch of kids getting the ball over a net. I think the solution is, yeah, yeah, it's just being (laughs) aware that you're, that we're starting to care too much about, you know, our, our experience. Um, we're wrapped up. It's not like you shouldn't, but um, well, our self-esteem though is wrapped up in what's happening on the court and that's a problem. Yeah. And now, and, and, and so that's big is that cause it, it's one thing. How do you, how do you resolve that? Like, well, as we soon as you can realize that your self-esteem is being compromised and how, what's the best thing to do is to detach, detach from these things. So how can you build up your self-esteem and detach? Well, I mean, you do hard things. Yeah, do hard things. You meditate time. on the, the thought of it and you mm-hmm. realize like, why do you care so much about this object? Like a new pair of shoes or something or like mm. your car or the TV that you bought or like the funny thing of like my apartment that I'm living in right now, it's like, I have nothing. I have mm. like, uh, and I'm actually so, uh, bad. I don't want, I want to use this word productive. That's, mm-hmm. I'm just doing so much because I have so little, I can't really, I have, I have books and a bed yep. and like a chair and then like a little, <laughs> like a, a little picture. Yeah. I hope, I hope you have a ceiling. I have here. a yoga thing and a yoga ceiling? mat. You have I have a ceiling. A ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it's a basement is, apartment. Is it a glass ceiling? Dude, and it's really cold. So okay, so you have no heat. I barely have heat. Okay. It was like... So this uh, sounds... This is a sad little note. Oh, it's pretty... Uh, yeah, yeah. Quite, is it raining? But, uh, is I it take, raining No, inside? I take cold showers in the morning, though, so they... Oh, no hot water. No, there... Oh, this <laughs> no, is sad. No, there's hot water. There's scalding oh, hot water. This is... Okay. No, but like... 
because of this mm. and then when i come back to my parents place on the weekends where they have all these like things and stuff and then i'm just like so like lazy right oh you find that the going into comfort is uh bad for you. it makes you well, less productive I, yeah like i'm interesting just, I'm just like doing less so you're living both you live in like the monk i don't know maybe it's maybe you know like you should have cheat days or whatever like because my yeah. diet's pretty good diet's pretty good during the week and then mm. on the weekends i kind of eat whatever but okay i'm just kind of noticing like having less is like a good thing in a way because right. I just I get less distracted and it's like oh I guess I'll go work out or I right. guess I'll go to so you think yoga less and beat is... up a bunch of people and so you have better perspective for sure you think you on my that? yoga joke oh sorry I missed it yeah, yeah. what was it say again I just said you know I'll go work out and then I'll go to yoga and beat up a bunch of people oh okay yeah, yeah. yeah we bring okay. this yeah that's too much now yeah okay yeah we've we've beaten <laughs> it there I punned yeah we've beaten it to, to death shavasana corpse pose yeah. I put corpse. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay you better stop yeah i said butter okay so uh i think that yes i think that so the number one way for people to gain perspective and this came up in an earlier episode too like the way to get over tinkering is to have other stuff going on in your life <laughs> like that's that's the answer yeah like that's what you're talking about with the parents there for nine hours the reason why you feel you wouldn't be that way is because you have other things going on in your life and you know if you have other things going on in your life even if you are there watching which you will be you don't care as much because you have your thing you and you so if yeah if you've built something big in your life I, I so in fairness like so i've had the process of working my butt off and playing high level volleyball and going play overseas i had the process of going through university becoming something getting a job i didn't think i could get i had the process of building a business a couple of businesses now that done pretty well and i didn't think i could do it and i was able to quit my job my day job because yeah. of the business so i think that that's helped me understand perspective and uh, understand the value of struggle and understand that you got to eat poop for a while before you can actually do well. So I don't see the same things that other people are seeing. Uh, I see impatience and I see people who have not excelled in other areas of their lives. So if you want to gain perspective and not, you know, get involved with your kid or get so upset when your 12 year old isn't the best player on the court, or as a coach, if the team is not, you know, if a kid's still figuring it out and before you jump in with all your great suggestions or changing the way they play for some weird reason or telling them where to serve rather than teaching them how to, how to learn, uh, you got to get some success. Like it's only like, I'm telling you, there's a reason why mm -hmm. successful people gravitate to other successful people because they both get it. You know what I mean? There's there's something that they, they go through know. Hard things. Yeah, there's something they know that yeah. other people don't know, and this is why the self improvement books or when like some great, uh, you know, business person or athlete puts out a book, it does well instantly or an actor yeah, yeah. or celebrity because everybody wants to know what it takes to yeah. do that. They want their story. And the answer that nobody is like, you know, the marketable answers are not the one are the ones that sell, right? But the answer that nobody likes to hear is just work your ass off at something just work harder <clears throat> like, like that's <laughs> like that's what everybody should be instead of life hacks we should be telling everybody uh work hard this is why biographies by the way a lot of hard working people like if if kids are listening to this coaches and parents you want to you want to sort of see the process and not have to maybe build something on your own and start reading biographies of mm. successful people autobiographies mm. or great biographies written by other people 
to talk about where like Leonardo da Vinci started and what, what that process was like. How did he get where he was? How did, uh, you know, great athletes. I love reading books about athletes, business people, and just their own story. It's funny. I tried to read other books like that are relating to these topics sometimes, but they sometimes I kind of think, mm. Mm. but when I read biographies, life stories, it's very interesting. I kind of want to buy some biographies now. Yeah, there you go. I have a nice. stock. I've invested in stock in biographies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Full disclosure, full disclosure. Um, I just remembered one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, knees over toes guy, but I don't remember what context, but I think what I wanted to say is that there is a turn. The tide is turning in a way there are, there are people who are, who are saying, no, don't fall for the hacks. Here is the process and here's why it works. And, uh, it's funny though. Cause some people criticize him for being that, eh? now, uh, <laughs> some well, people think right. He's like the trendy guy zone in, he's zoning in on, he's trying to do just these exercises to get just this result. I don't think he is, but I, I know people, but I think as soon as you are that wide scale in a way, you're always going to be open mm-hmm. to that. It seems like such, such an easy like filter to put on someone. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he also has to be kind of careful in, in creating a, a, a training program that is one size fits all. Right. Right. Well, we but, get criticized for being, you know, one-dimensional or clickbaity, and they, people think that we're just saying this to get likes. And like, no, it's just we're saying things that resonate with people because we're trying to tell the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and he's kind of the same thing. He's kind of doing telling the truth about, oh, all this yeah. stuff was wrong, and and people will say that's clickbaity, that's whatever, because they've been brought up in a different box than him. So. Well, and I love like how he he learned and studied like he studied athletes like and jordan yes. was a big one of them right and then that Usain french basketball player yeah high jumpers yeah, yeah yep. like he's pulling from old wisdom yeah yeah right? that's what our world kind of needs and he was upfront about it too he's like yeah. look this is not me this is not novel this has been around for a long time but no one's talked about it it's because very interesting, it's not eh? the thing that sells and then he i think because he had his wonderful story and he just worked so hard to get a message out mm-hmm. he just kept doing it and so genuinely, right? Yep. Honestly, um, yeah. And, and a then, lot of free stuff. Not and then he changed some people's, he changed some athletes' lives or even just normal people who just had knee issues and yep. they were able to do it. And then that no, it's, it's funny. Right? Too, it's funny too, because like the more we head in this direction of ultra fast technology, the more we're going to crave old world thinking yeah like like the daily stoic right like the stoicism is coming back now this ancient philosophy buddhism uh it's it's funny it almost makes you wonder like you know even the stuff we're talking about yeah it keeps on coming up philosophically like the the hectic volleyball world it's let's face it every parent listening knows this is a chaotic world like our kids are almost our kids are now done club volleyball and we are so happy to be out of it Mm. (laughs) and i guarantee you parents listening right now are just like yeah, it's a it's a horrible place. Like mm. you walk into the gym, the energy is just, ugh. you walk into a tournament, the energy is like ugh. like there's so many people there for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? You're not mate, you're not selling the idea of kids very well, man. <laughs> like <laughs> Eric No, no, I, this I also supports have, I want to have my, your baby. <laughs> this supports my no. This supports my uh plan to when I have kids, I'll just drop them off. Yes. And I'll be like, see you later. 
Yeah. Then, uh, well, I mean, so like in fair, so I'll go play I, video games. I would leave my kids at practice. <laughs> like you, you count, you can count on one hand the time that I took my kids to practice, and even my wife will leave. Like she would leave them at practice and not watch. And yeah. Uh, so we're we're better at it than most. But the only time that we were getting you know overly wrapped up in things was like when the coaching was just like toxic. Well, when it's yeah, like yeah, how can when, you not? And, right? and even then, like, I still talk. I, I pulled. I didn't talk to the coach at all. Yeah, but you're human. You're gonna. You're going to get mad. I'm and we mad. know stuff. That's the problem. Knowledge yeah. is, ignorance is bliss when it comes to this stuff. Like I'm telling you, like the parents don't know <laughs> how bad things were. But anyway, uh, but the point is like, it's interesting that we're going back to this, like uh, we're going back to ancient sort of wisdom. This would have been a topic that's, Stoic spoke about. Yes. Humility, right? Yes. Humility. Yes. And patience. And that would be a virtue. Yes. Yes. If humility. Yeah. Patience, patience is a virtue. Is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but these are like, you know, I mean, it's funny because even ancient wisdom, you could argue like religions, right? Like whether you're a religious person or not, there is, you know, the, the seven deadly sins are, you know, part of what that's yeah. rooted in some ancient wisdom there right so so then as much as like every thought that we are having now like has been thought before this process of advancing technology and then going back to old wisdom this is even a cycle that has happened before 100%, like percent yeah yeah like it's 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 probably a constant and forever will be an ongoing cycle of mm-hmm. yeah um progressivism with conservatism not the to only- get political but like the actual yeah. meaning of the the only difference with today, though, um, is because technology, I, I do, I think a lot of people are concerned right now because we've always had concerns and fears over new technologies and what it's done to people's mindsets and beliefs. Mm-hmm. The difference here is that they've built, it's been a very tangled web here of uh, a, a real, like you, it's almost like the technology now is supercharged, right? To the point where... It's locked so, in. It's well, not going to go well, like anywhere. Like, so it, what used to take 20 years for society to shift, now it's taken three. Yeah, like it the, is. The shift, the, the, the speed with which society is changing is now accelerated by the very technology. <laughs> and we're shocked by how much ADD. If your society is progressing on a level of mm-hmm. attention deficit, mm-hmm. right? Like how can the individuals not be... Yeah, or even the fact that we're like, labeling um, attention issues well, that's as what a I mean. disorder. Yeah, that, right. It's kind of bizarre. So like... You know, and it's the school systems who are... It's a symptom of what's... So we got a, we got a teacher at the front of the room saying that Timmy or Jenny can't pay attention. Let's get them on drugs in grade three. I don't know. I don't know. Because then hmm. I think, to me, that just suggests... Margarine, butter. Yeah. Like, you know, like a, who... Uh, there's a, we, I we don't open I open this camera. We don't want... No, 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 no. Yeah. But it's true. But we, the idea is that, like, you know, we are... Uh, the danger with the technology now and where it's heading and why it's, you know, it's contributing to lack of humility and patience is uh, that it's sort of, um, it's it's going to be tricky to undo this. Like this, this is headed in a whole different place, right? Like, and that's where people have yeah, to, Yeah, I think people yeah. have to, but I mean, you know, the, the answer again, uh, just because you don't want to be too bleak about it. Uh, this is where, you know, those, there's still ancient wisdom, think globally, act locally, right? All you can control is your little corner of the world. And, uh, you, you have to understand that your little corner of the world is not the whole world, right? It's, it's still insignificant and there's beauty in that. There's beauty in understanding that your neck of the woods yeah, but it's so is true. not this massive place. It's not the be all end all of the universe. It's not a unique yeah. situation. You know, and letting go and understanding that you're just a drop of water in that river. You're just an ant on this ant colony. 
that you and your kid are not a big problem or you and your team as a coach are not a big problem uh you can that's how, that's the only way you can let go a little bit have some perspective yeah and then do that hard work in your daily life so your <clears> self-esteem <throat> is intact and you don't feel the need to assert yourself as important somewhere I, yeah i like the think globally act locally and like i i i can't say that i know it is true but this the theory i do believe is true that if you take care of yourself or like you know show yourself self-love like how can you love someone else if you can't love yourself mm-hmm. or like if you don't take care care of yourself then you can't take care of someone else so i think that theory is true that if you do take care of yourself then you're actually caring for other people you're actually caring for the yeah. world and so if we all did that would the world not be a better place like i th- I think it would. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, of course it would. Well, people are walking around unhappy, right? They hate themselves. That's well, why they right. act this way. People, that's... people who self-loathe act this way. Yeah. And just to like, just to show that it's not even a theory, like you know, in the airplane, we talked about this in the other example. You, the, when the oxygen mask dropped down, yeah, yeah, yeah. the rule is put the mask on yourself before you go to help someone else because you yeah. are useless to other people yeah. unless you take care of yourself first. And now it's weird because in our culture we take this to mean, well then I don't I won't I won't help my kids. I'm going to look out for me today or I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to have a me day. <laughs> and we use it into we use it as justification for self-centeredness and more insecurity and it's not what we when, mean. no what it really means is taking care of your health, taking care of your fitness, taking care of your mind. Yeah. You know, then you are going to be so much more equipped. Think of it that way, right? Like you're, there's a toolbox here for yeah, taking yeah. care of a team if you're a coach, taking care of a child if you're a parent, as a player, taking care of yourself. What that means is like you, you have to give yourself the tools and you're not going to just get them. You have to build them. You have to earn them through hard work. You know, I, I still think the exercise thing is the, the way to go. And it has to be for the right reason. It can't be the aesthetic yeah. thing. can't be like, oh, I want my body to look like well, this. Well, and that's the funny paradox there is that by doing it to feel good or no, sorry, doing it for the mental challenge and then staying on it. And for physical reduction of you're pain. You're just going to look better anyway. Exactly. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> Whereas the people who do it for aesthetics, they don't get any of the real benefits, right? And they're the ones who live the I mean, tortured life. Act, I was going to say, as they get older, torture because as they, they get older, never yes. look good enough. And then, <laughs> I mean, I can't. I shouldn't make this joke, but I always had the joke about like <laughs> I can't wait to see, you know, the the superficial online world. Like, wait till these people are in their 60s, 50s, 60s, 80s. Yeah. Like, I don't know what. Like, we think the mental health issues are strong now. Wait till these like really superficial all in well, on Instagram influencers wait I till think they become go, old hopefully and I think many of them will go through a process of re- like you know kind of realizing it I don't know the man. lack of value in it or like because if they're if they're if they're if their brain is locked into watching social media and how that works yeah. they're gonna see the next young pup come up while they're it'll be tor- <laughs> it'll be really it'll be a nightmare to some but some can use it as a as a catalyst to to you know to some different level of enlightenment I would think you hope I well I th- it will happen for some for the majority it'll probably <laughs> be a nightmare so. I, don't think I think so, so. I, uh, for some for some for I some. think but I think the majority of them it will be a nightmare because they'll just be because they're they're brain yeah yeah remember if you're firing synapses 
right? They just keep going. Path of least resistance. Your brain is just going. I'm in compare mode. I'm in compare mode. Yeah, I'm in compare mode. I'm in compare mode. I'm in superficial. I'm in superficial. I'm in superficial. So then as things start to fall away, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why like we're normalizing plastic surgery as like... Uh, independence thing like I don't know yeah. no offense to anybody who's done anything with yeah. like, I'm sorry but it's rooted in external validation are you doing it what? oh no no I was not <laughs> Eric's, I, was, I was gesturing you're the one who brought it up I was trying to gesture in terms of external internal uh, okay. and Eric thought I was talking about breast augmentation <laughs> come on come on uh, these are real by the way <laughs> sorry Anyway, oh uh, now well, this will bring gonna, everyone to now. The see, and why did I even say that? Why did I even say that? Yeah, exactly. I, I do be, you not feel secure? I do it? feel secure, but I just said like you know, I'm the real. Happy? I'm happy. I can make them do. <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> so, anywho, yeah. uh, bottom line is, uh, I think that uh, one the one thing that we can agree on is that humility is a uh, a really lost. It, we're losing it a little bit, right? And it's um, it's weird because like you can be insecure. And not humble, right? Like today we have an insecure population that doesn't like themselves, isn't very confident. And yet they don't have the assertive, they don't have a, the confidence. Remember we talked off well, the top about the balance right. between confidence and humility. It's the difference between humility and insecurity, eh? So do you, do you have to have a certain level of understanding or mastery or expertise in something to be able to display humility because it's almost like those who are who those who know something or are confident in something are they the only ones who are able to express humility yes um 100 yeah yeah i you have to it's very that's what i meant about early off the top like you well, have to have this, can, this weird can balance a homeless person be humble oh yes yes oh see so like so Sorry, that's two different. Yeah, 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 like you're you're assuming that the homeless person. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to just throw. <laughs> they it so might. I mean, they might be. They, they might even be. I mean, of I know. course, homelessness might be a mental health issue. Yeah, but there are also homeless people out there who, who are have dropped out of society, incredibly talented, and they just don't care. Yes, like they've they've got that. So what you mean uh, is like, can I, someone who's not good at something or hasn't mastered a part yeah, of their life, right? Uh, no, I think that like you cannot sit there. Um, with with you, so even if you've you would think that they're by not knowing something, your innate state must be of a state of humbleness. You must be open to like learning. It's funny because the people, the well, here's the thing: the people who have done the in my world and in in my whole life journey, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I live my best life, to use another thing that drives me nuts. Um, (laughs) the the people that I've seen who have done the most tend to be more humble. So because, that, yeah, exactly. that's what you're getting at. Yeah. The people I've seen who have done the least have the most arrogance. Yeah. Okay, because the only way you can find out, and this is why I said about parents needing to build up their self or get good at something, because the path to humility is only found through the struggle, right? You only know about struggle process and that you're not great by getting beat down on the path to, some, to to what others would perceive as great. Let me put it that way. So like, you know, uh, one of my great, one of my favorite things, so I, English, I taught English for a long time, and one of the, the quotes that always stuck with me was like, great writers would say this. They would say, I thought that the more, uh, the better I got at writing, I thought the less work I'd have to do. But the opposite is true. 
So the greatest writers have learned that what makes for a great writer is more hard work, not less. Hmm. The, so the people who want to be great at something think that they are being great means oh, it's I easy. Oh, I see what you mean. People think that being great is easy. Being great is hard. Yeah, yeah. Okay, being great is extremely hard. Yeah. The people who think it's easy, this is going back to life hacking. Yeah. yeah. The people who think it's easy haven't done it. That's yeah. why I work, like, you know, some of these people online that have achieved great things and they're marketing the hacks, I almost think they're frauds. They, they, because they know what they're selling is clickbaity sales stuff. Yeah, I think. But they've gone through the hard, hard work. Well, that's just it. I think they have gone through the hard work, but they know that they have a product that sells that may not be an expression of how they got there. Yes. And they just accept it. And then they just It's an easy it. thing to sell yeah, to the masses. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, well, that's why these self-help books sell so much. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's some value in some self-help books if they're not rooted in shortcuts. Well, yeah. right, but there's... But the, there's, audio, the reader has to be There's open. the great books. They, we know so many of them. We read them and then they feel so important to us. But then if if our habit just com- comes to then read the next one and the next one, it's like yes. that's not yeah. the same as well, there's the, a, the yeah. implementation process. Yeah, there's Sorry. a difference between the reader and the so reader who does. It's not to blame the book. No, the reader who does and the reader who keeps reading. Yeah. Yes, like the, the reader gets addicted to just reading. Yeah. Or, or like the person who sits in front of social media, I, you know, I'll catch myself like watching right, some that videos. That, that's not the the fault of the book. No, um, no, it's not the fault of the book. That's what I mean. Like you, you got to put the book. Like we, we have books coming about, you know, parents' strategies, coaching strategies, player strategies. You keep saying that, but we haven't released one yet. Yeah, I know. Well, What's I mean, going on? Well, I'm just, I'm saving them. <laughs> <laughs> They're all up here. No, <laughs> no um, uh, we're only 32 episodes <laughs> in, by the way, Eric. Have patience mm, Eric, right? yeah, sorry. it's a long journey here you're acting like you know it was very good modeling of bad patience eric <laughs> yeah i'm trying to that's what you did oh that's what you did cop. Yeah. okay gotcha mm-hmm. um <laughs> you're being the margarine to my butter anyway I don't know what that wow means. am i the butter that doesn't sound you're the margarine i'm the butter <laughs> i don't want to be uh anyway yeah. but uh the idea is that yeah no i think you touched on something very important that yes you can't be humble Unless you've been through struggle. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And is it even mastery or just uh, getting your ass kicked at something? Yeah, I think... I think it's struggle. And that's why I think, again, the the way I didn't bring it up properly, but the, the person who's homeless or the person who has the least... Like, See, everybody forgot about that and you keep I know, bringing it but up. But I think that's why I brought it up is because I... Because they are going through hard times every day. Ah, oh, gotcha. Right? Or maybe they're not in their own mind. Like there are people who are have been enlightened and they literally lived on like a park bench for like two years and like it was actually exactly what they needed in a way yes yes and i think so that i mean there's so many variables no there's so many variables there like like we talked about reflection so if you are getting your ass kicked with no reflection like so this is where the mental health piece comes in like there's a homeless person if they're mentally aware and healthy then they might need the time to be like that like that homeless guy in um home alone you know you know, I don't, I don't remember, remember that. the old guy. He was like very self-reflective and very articulate. Uh, yeah, at, the, at just the right time. Oh yeah. Uh, he started talking just when the music started playing. It was perfect. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> no, but the <laughs> the, uh, the 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 person who's able to reflect on the process and and, well, and then see the value in it. So again, yes, of course, yeah. anybody can. I mean, I don't I don't know why. Maybe that's. That, <laughs> do you hate? 
Maybe no, you hate homeless no, people? No, I'm redefining now because oh, I okay. think the person who is able to, because it looks weird to us, but the person who's able to survive with homeless, next to homeless, nothing. You said homeless people look weird to us? No. What did I? No, no. What are you saying? That looks weird. It just looks, it looks, yeah, it, it makes us feel uncomfortable. We just lost the homeless audience here. <laughs> <laughs> don't now you're gonna because, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> what you're gonna say? No, you're gonna, I know exactly what you're gonna say. You what? say homeless people don't have uh, Spotify no. or YouTube. No, right? I was not gonna that's say what, that. I was gonna, gonna continue mm. ranting my okay, terrible sorry. rant here. This is wonderful. Yeah, let's let's, yeah. let's everybody. Let's just. I'm just gonna sit back. Let's watch Eric uh, self-destruct. Yeah, I won't be here next week. No, um, they're because it's they're able to like live with what we think is next to nothing. Who's they, Eric? People who, <laughs> someone who doesn't have a home. Okay. Who's living someone on Someone who's experiencing homelessness, as yes. we say today. Yes. yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to But they're that. not all of the same, you know what I mean? No, I know cloth. what you mean. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That's the problem. You're kind of putting them all in one category. Yeah, I, and I realize I'm totally. Yeah, that's what I mean about self-destructing. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 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 all right i'll leave it great show great yeah. no no i know what you're getting at the struggle though that they experience but so again if it's you know don't forget like homelessness you know sexual abuse mental health so many yeah there's so many reasons why they are there and they might not every homeless person has the same journey but there okay. are those people i think you're sort of going with that one specific type of homeless person who's fallen out of society is mentally together has withdrawn from yeah, materialism yeah they're not they're not yeah a withdrawn person yes. not yeah because i probably i'm assuming the majority of people who are experiencing homelessness is out of some tragedy trauma or, yeah really messed yeah, up and like, crap and yeah. then people think oh no they want to be there well they want to be there because they're so damaged or they're not able to even mentally uh, you know contemplate what a good life is and or they've been able to like given the opportunity to work a job where they can't because of their condition yeah, or whatever and yeah. then, it, it, you have to understand because we don't know how to it's obviously not treated properly we, well part of the reason society is causing it and society also cannot doesn't know how to handle it yeah right so well i mean we can handle it when society can handle it they don't want to handle it right society likes to keep poverty alive right our, our well, society especially the the real answer would be to stop causing it yes right but that we, we again we as a society act like we care about these issues but we don't mm-hmm. uh, if we did it's easy to fund it's easy to fix so you know what? you can spend I, a fraction right. of what you spend on bombs <laughs> to, to build homeless shelters and create what mental was, health training for people and rehabilitation yeah. but the taxpayer doesn't they get angry when they do that because like hey i work really hard and now you're giving this money all these people are lazy what i was specifically thinking of are those who actually choose to live that way yes right but but it's a tricky now thing but it's tricky that. even though eric because People who choose to live that way may not be deciding to make that choice from a healthy thing. Anyway, we're, are we off topic? We're way off topic. Yeah, yeah we are. Thanks a lot, Eric. Okay. Anyway, but it's an important it's, <laughs> it's an important discussion though, and I think it's uh, it's uh, you know we, we're volleyballology and we, uh, we, <laughs> we we think too deeply about everything here. Um, uh, whether it's your bar- butter, your margarine, or your yoga mat, <laughs> we think deeply about it. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so I think the idea is that. It's very difficult, going back to your original point, I think to to be humble unless you've gone through something and come out on the other side of it. That's a big thing. 
because that's what you got to get through something and come out okay that breeds confidence and then that confidence in turn leads you to have much more patience with others who are struggling because you understand where it can lead yeah versus someone who's never pulled through that i think that's what sort of you're probably getting at there yeah Um, yeah. is the someone who's never pulled through something they tend to be very impatient uh, because they've never been either at the, the low level or they've never seen how long it takes to get somewhere. So parents, coaches, players, get involved in something that will take you a long time to get at and master. Fitness is the most accessible one. I think that's why we keep bringing it up. You can go to the gym, you can go to a yoga class, get your butt that's kicked an for unending, 20 years. that's an unending project. Unending process. That's why they call yeah. it yoga. I love that speech about, we don't call it yoga. It's called a yoga practice. Yeah, yeah. Because it's ongoing. It yeah. never ends. Um, that's You're always on the path to mastery and you never will attain it. Um, there's something very humiliating. <laughs> humiliating? There's yeah. something very uh, humble, humbling about that, yeah. Why are those words connected? Well, because oh. humiliation means takes you down a notch, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, humiliation leads to humility, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't, we, we our, our society has changed the word humiliation to a bad thing. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's why I yeah. asked about it, because it's weird how. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. so uh so yeah try parents <laughs> try to be more humble right parents try to be more humble you were, coaches you weren't a mockingbird as well? oh i don't know I was, okay i was just trying i was just hoping you weren't gonna say anything about yeah. the homeless again <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> anyway, uh, okay sorry so Finish no 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 summary. uh the <laughs> See how I instantly put you in your place? Yeah. <laughs> uh, humili- humiliation. Come on, Zuby, you aren't going to do the mockingbird with me. No, I just don't want you to say, oh, sorry. Shame, shame. Humiliate, humiliate. Uh, I'm writing um, my, I will never say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so coaches, uh, I think that if we are all a little more humble, and if we are all a little more, uh, and it's, you can't just say be humble, but if we do things that help promote humility among us, then I think we will become much better coaches. We will feel the need to interfere less with things. Like we'll know the difference between, uh, we'll see the value in players failing a little bit more and that'll give us the patience to let them work through it, right? Which is Mm -hmm. the skill we want the players to learn. And parents, same thing. We will watch the game with an understanding that this is a very long path, even if they're 15 or 16 or 18. And it's about life. It's not about volleyball, right? Same with the coaches. This is about life, not about volleyball. You're training them for life, not for volleyball. So what do you want to pass on to them? Impatience, change, tinker, change direction, change direction, panic, change, panic, change. Having to listen to you. Yeah, having to listen to me. What? Oh, you mean them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The royal you. (laughs) Uh, Or do you want them to learn the ability to fail, reflect, self-correct maybe fail again that didn't work try this those are what we want people to learn for life right because when you're not around when you're not around exactly once you're you're not around parent you want your kids to fail and reflect and do all that process how to do it on their own yes while they're while they're in this thing and then figure it out yeah it's a wonderful thing by the way you'll figure it out that line it's a great one Uh, i'm seeing Hmm. this a lot too like having staff work with us a lot more in the office now the, uh, the line of like, well, you know, you'll figure it out. Two things happen, right? Yeah. Like one, they learn not to depend on me, 
right? Which frees me up to work on bigger things or better things. But mm-hmm. more importantly, it also says to them that I believe in them, right? There's a confidence in that. Right. Wow. That person's trusting me to figure yeah. this out. If you, <laughs> as a coach doing that is wonderful too. I learned this through coaching. Yeah. I learned this by seeing players like, so like asking the player a question like, wow, that's a big blocker you have against you. What can you do, do you think? And they're like, well, maybe I can mix in tips. Maybe I can change my angle. Maybe I should approach further back. Maybe I'm taking off too close to the ball. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like there's though that ha- there's so much value in having the player go through that process. Yeah. Versus telling them what to do, which is, you know, my ego, my lack of humility. If I just solve, 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 solve all day. You know, I try, I try not to solve people's problems and then great things happen. Because I don't need the ego boost. Because you're a guru. I'm a guru. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, but I think that, that I'm, what I mean is by I, I mean I, other great coaches I know, you know, as the coach speaking, it's a wonderful thing. Or as the parent speaking, it's wonderful to say, I don't need the ego boost of solving this problem. Yeah. Right? I Because if I need to boost my ego, I'll solve this problem. If I don't need it, then I'll let the kid well, figure it. Well, that's part of why you're, you know, you know, I have staff and, you know, it's all connected. Like you've, raised kids you've gone through pro sports um creating a business like you've done so many of these hard things right thank you eric well (laughs) and then to finally like you said like to be comfortable enough to employ others and take on the burden of worrying about paying them Mm -hmm. right because that's you know you have multiple staff and you want to you're you're literally their welfare is in your hands anyway Mm -hmm. right so Um, but you don't want to sit there and like be worried about it. You want to be, it's a good thing. It's a, you now have a team and you can be proactive and you can build something together. It's a positive. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to be, oh, we need to not spend any money to make sure I can pay you all. Yes. Yes. No, you're going to do something brave together. Right. And And it's not ego. Like, see, I'm not doing it for, see, here's the thing. I'm not doing it to pad my wallet. I'm doing yeah, it like you're, we're, we're doing it to pad which is all crazy. Of our, yeah, I want to do it for them. And that's part of the reason why it's like you'll figure it out. Like, yeah, you're giving them confidence and yeah. then the what they put in, they actually get out from it. Which yeah. Is, it's kind of an interesting model because it's the idea yeah. is rooted in selflessness and uh them building up their independence in the same way that genuine philanthropy it's also just you know what honestly it's the team mentality right like there's a reason why we're bringing in athletes too right yeah yeah, these are so there's a team mentality because that the idea is that this isn't about me and it's the same way i coach Mm -hmm. the same way a lot of good coaches coach same way i parent this isn't about me this is about you yeah. Right. And watch people's level of uh, drive go up when they realize that you're not telling them what to do. Altruism. That's what it is. Altruism. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a little bit. Yeah. There's a community thing, right? There's like, we're all in this together. Yeah. And that's the way a coach should feel with the team too, right? Like uh, if you're sitting there solving all the problems, then you think you're helping, but you're actually stunting their development well right you're stunting their ability to find the solutions you're delaying their progress independently now this <laughs> we don't mean that like if a player asks you a question you don't go well what do you think you should do right because we've been in that situation yes well, I mean, you, we can't, you can't ask that question, but don't answer every question with, well, what do you think you should Right. Do? Yes. Cause high level athletes want to, they, that, yes, they are, they just, they're asking you a direct question and they would just like the pro like to mm-hmm. hear the process from you. But you see, that's where they get it from. 
That's why these governing bodies sometimes yeah. start doing that crap because they think they're, they've reached the point of what we're talking about where, oh yeah, you want to empower the athlete yeah. to solve it. <laughs> Not in specific, in specific things. Sometimes athletes need this to know. This is where they, they, they want, want to draw off of your experience yes. as an athlete. Yes. And then if you genuinely don't have an answer, then you can go and figure it out for them. Because mm-hmm. if you are been given the privilege to coach high level athletes or something or your athletes are out of your caliber of coaching Mm -hmm. you need to admit that to yourself and then i don't know i don't know if you tell them about it but you just you you could try and do what you can like i guess it's a privilege to be in that situation but then no the the way where you're limited right they, they, they the theory is i know what it is well from education too the theory is that if you give kids the answer or tell them what to do then they stop reflecting, right? So that's where the whole, well, what do you think you should do? But that's not the right question. Well, Here, here's, no, but let me just fix this. Right, like, right, it's right. a very important distinction. So the what the governing bodies will tell you is like, oh, you should tell them to, you know, just nonstop questions, nonstop questions to get them to reflect. So when a player tells me, what am I doing wrong with my serve? <laughs> uh, what am I doing wrong with my serve, right? Yeah. So why isn't my serve going in? So the question isn't, what do you think? The question is, uh, how do you, how do you feel when the ball's back here? Yeah. Okay, I feel weaker. How do you feel when the ball's out front? Better. Okay. Can you feel? And then so when they toss and they do their serve, did you feel where it was? That's the question. Like, yeah, yeah, I felt like it was back here. I always ask players what went wrong. I'll ask them what yeah, went yeah. wrong. And they'll say, oh, I tossed it up to my side. Or sometimes they'll get the wrong answer. And then you, that's where you have to come in and say, no, no, no. You served, the ball was out too far of the side. So you're losing power. You want it in front and step into that. This ball. is where you as the coach, as this a is player, where your field, importance yes. is, and, is yes. made clear. Yeah. And that, so there's still yeah. reflection there, but not this generic, yeah. what do you think you should do? What do you think? That's yeah. that's just, that. <laughs> those are people, again, reading out of a manual. Yeah. yeah. And they're not thinking of it. Uh, I'm is, glad we brought no it is good because you're right it's rooted in the right idea see this is what all you know what the path to hell is paved with good intentions right yeah good intention in that poor execution and people who haven't done it interpreted people who aren't even people who have done it by the way i've seen high level people read the manuals and then drink the Mm kool-aid and they and they're forgetting the you know their own life story or journey or whatever It's, it's it's tricky tricky problem but but it is definitely rooted in doing hard things yourself uh, bettering yourself and everything around you will better. What's that, Jim? We were talking a lot about Jim Rohn. A lot of people like Tony Robbins. If anybody's heard of Tony Robbins, his mentor was Jim Rohn. And the line was, "If you want to improve your life, improve yourself." It's, mm-hmm. it's simple. Mm-hmm. Improve yourself, improve your life. That's it. That's the answer. Like it's it's not the one people want to hear. Yeah. But if you're unhappy with one element of your life, if you're a coach, if you're a parent, and you walk into the gym and this all all this stuff is crappy. You know, improve yourself, improve your life. Yeah, because like how many opportunities, like if, if it's just like you wake up, you go to work or like, sorry, you wake up, you help take care of your kids, like, and then you go to work, they go to school, you come home, you like, you know, pick them up, bring them to volleyball and you guys like, I don't know, watch a movie at night, like where there's so many, it's so, such a busy life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be there. Like for sure, there are opportunities are we all taking advantage of the opportunities we have? But again, like a lot of these things that we do that aren't necessarily improving our lives, they're in a way kind of keeping us sane or like helping us cope with the day of like a stressful job and stuff like that. So it's, it's tough. Like, (laughs) well, we make it tough. We tell ourselves it's tough, but it's really easy. Again, the the hard answer that people don't want to hear is there's tons of time in your day to take 15 minutes to do something. That's just it. Yeah. Whether it's reading a book Working out. Yeah. We don't, we, we tell ourselves we're so busy. We're not that busy. 
Look at us. You and me sat around doing this podcast for two hours. Yeah. Could have been doing something useful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I'm glad I didn't. Oh. oh mm. Yeah. I don't know what that was going to be. Anyway, I think we'll wrap this up. We'll just tell people, you know, humil- humility is the secret to greatness. And if And if you're getting caught up, the ego is the enemy. And if you're getting your ego... You know, uh, whenever you get offended, you know, or like bothered too much by something or embarrassed because your kid is doing this or embarrassed because your team is doing this or you need to assert yourself as the boss, like there's something very wonderful in sitting back and letting things unfold once in a while. Yeah. As long as nobody's in harm or in danger. Yeah. You know, there's a bigger lesson out there. There's something very beautiful about letting it go and letting it unfold and seeing where it leads. And uh, you can only do that if you're humble enough to sit back and put your ego aside. Yeah. Bam. Bam. All right. No, we're not even going to end this one on a joke. I was going to say, are you sure you don't do shrooms? Oh, Eric, that's inappropriate. Inappropriate. We what? don't. We don't. This what? is a kids' show. Shamanism. Uh, I'm. You sound I'd, like I, a. You sound like a shaman. I, I'm on the. Um, shaman. Shaman. I'm. I, I think life is my mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. You wanted a joke, right? Well, so that's, that's all. You gave me the opportunity. That's good. Yeah. Okay. It's funny how you went straight to. Um, I won't say I'm a good comedian, but drugs. Uh, oh, a lot of our audience is anti-drug. I'm sure. Well, it could have been shiitake. So are you mushroom. though? So are you though? You were just saying that. Yes. That sounded very <laughs> No, I have. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. What? Don't do drugs. <laughs>